0: Talk Radio
1: Busy show this evening, dear listener Kicking off with Richard Herring And then your phone calls 0344 4991000 Ian Lee on Talk Radio
0: Late night, Ian Lee On Talk, talk radio. radio
2: We have ways of making you talk
3: There's a boss That keeps on calling me Down the road It's where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on. Down this road that never seems to end when you Waiting to unfold A brand new tale No one has ever told We've journeyed far But you I know it won't be long We're almost there We've made our fair with a hobo song Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep
1: moving on So if you want to join me I'm bored of that um, I'm bored of that We need to... Uh- Find a new theme. There we go. That's tonight's show. Is can we find something that is better than that and is will not drive me nuts, man? Absolutely nuts. Good evening, dear listener. This is Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you can call in about absolutely anything. My brain is a little dead today. I don't. I don't know. Not feeling the vibe. You know, there's no vibe, ma'am. But I'm sure as the show progresses, the vibe will, uh, will pick up. Um, but let's let's dive straight in, shall we, into the um, the pool of cool chat. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr Richard Herring. Good evening, Richard. Hello,
4: Ian. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks, man. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm just having a glass of whiskey after I did a gig and having a glass of whiskey. So, you know, I'm, I'm relaxing. I'm surprised to find out that you're
1: nearly 50. Thanks, but I I am because birthdays are on my mind at the moment because I'm 44 on Friday and it's just suddenly dawned on me that that's old and the next one's 50 and actually I'm not that far off 60 and then I see you're doing a show
4: (laughs) about turning 50 and it's like everyone's getting old. It is, yeah. Well, I did one about turning 40 and I thought I'd do one every 10 years, (laughs) so this is the penultimate instalment of that idea. When when are you you turning 50? Is it when you're up in Edinburgh? No, it's just before July the twelfth. If you want to send me a, a present, yeah, what would you like? Amazon vouchers? I'd like, I'd like, I'd like a nice. Uh, I'll have a bottle of Talisker Storm. That's what I'm drinking now, and I'm. Uh, I'll, cons- I'll probably get through it. I'd consider like, uh,
1: it done. I, I can probably fi- you. find your address on the internet, and I will. Um, <laughs> I'm sure one of your. I'm sure one of your fans will know your address because you've got you've got. And, sure. and I say this is a, is a good thing. But a slightly weird thing, you, you're you one of those people, and I've sort of got it on a much smaller scale, but you've got very dedicated fans, haven't you?
4: They are, and they're, on the whole, and nearly all of them are lovely yeah. and dedicated. Occasionally there's a, a scary one, but, you know, you can just get the police involved then. <laughs> that's, uh, that's <laughs> Have you ever it? had to get yeah. the police involved? I've, I've had to before. <laughs> I have
1: had to uh, one yeah. occasion, yeah. It's with a little warning. But uh, but uh, but it's it, it, I, I'm saying it as a compliment because it is because so much of your stuff recently in the last couple of years at least has um, been possible because of your fans because they are yeah. supportive enough that they that they they crowd fund and they will donate for something that they will get at a later day and um,
4: yeah they make a lot of it all possible, yeah. don't they? they do it's really nice, you know and i 've been you know i've been doing stuff i 've been putting out podcasts especially and doing lots of free stuff for a long time, which I think is part of the reason they're they're keen to join in but yeah I mean, I mean you know you 're all getting something out of it. the idea is if everyone puts in a tiny amount of money uh, everyone who listens to those things, then they get more stuff back, and you know all the money that I get from from them for to do those things goes into making more things so it's it's, uh, you know, and I, I get, you know, by doing the podcast and putting that for free, I hope to get more people going to see my gigs. And so work, and that kind of works for me as well. So I'm sort of happy to do the... To, to do the podcast, in, you know, on, on the idea that the fans will pay for money, yeah. get what they pay for.
1: When you first started asking for money, did you feel a bit weird? Because it's something that I'm sort of <laughs> dipping my toes in a bit. And I've been listening to a lot of American podcasts, and they are brilliant at it, at selling yeah. stuff, at selling themselves, uh, asking for people to donate, all of that stuff. And they they have no shame around it whatsoever, which is the right way to be, I think.
4: I think it is. And funny enough, I was, I was at a thing with Roman Mars, and I was saying all this stuff about how... Like I raised a hundred thousand pounds to do, wow. as it occurs to me, a series, like a, to do a, a sketch show, a yeah. film sketch show, and, and I didn't, and I wasn't taking any money from them. He went, "Oh God, you should take some money from me if you're <laughs> writing and doing." Well, yeah, so, you know, you sort of, you sort of realize, you know, they're they're much more kind of economically minded. But I, I think it sort of works on on a on a, a level of you know, people appreciate you doing the stuff, and you know, I. I I did sort of feel weird about it, but then I increasingly feel less weird about it, and I would really love it if you know if everyone joined in and just I try to get people to give me a pound a month, which is a trivial amount of money, yeah. really. And if it isn't a trivial amount of money, I really don't want your money. You know <laughs> what I mean? So to anyone who to anyone who can afford to give me a pound a month in return for forty or fifty podcasts a year, then you know then. That seems, you know, if everyone did it, then it would be, I'd be able to make movies, really, basically. It's so I weird, think, um, weird thing is
1: partly because of the, the the internet is brilliant and it's also a curse, uh, um, but people want stuff for free. And, and you can get, yeah. you, you know, now music is free and movies are free and all of this. Of course, they're not, but you can get them by going to a hooky website. And um, yeah. people, you know, f- forget people link podcasts in with radio and don't realise yeah. that radio is a big company and there's people behind it and there's producers and there's technology. In podcasts, it's uh, there's people behind it, but th- there isn't that
4: big corporate identity behind no, it. No, exactly. All the yeah. and, yeah, and, it. and that's what's good about it. And you know, I, I appreciate yeah. that. You know, it's it's great to be in charge of what you're producing, and and that in a way is the payment for me, and that I can do what I want to do. Um, but you know, it's a voluntary thing, and I think that's kind of quite nice that people feel, you know, people. I've been walking down the street and people will give me a pound, you know, like I'm hurt. Uh, <laughs> they really? And, I, and then other people are walking around behind me. Go, well, You know, I had it happen to me and once. ago, I went, "Oh God, that could have been me if I'd just been five seconds faster." You go, No, there's a reason he gave me. A-. But you know, I'm a, a reasonably successful and nearly fifty-year-old man. <laughs> 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 he needs to give me a pound in the street like I'm his nephew. Yes,
1: yes, Richard, <laughs> we can't we can't afford funny. to feed the children this month. But here's here's that
4: pound for your
1: funny podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You know, I, I, that's kind of funny and nice. But, you know, I think that I sort of think with podcasts, someone's going to be the Charlie Chapman of podcasts and, yeah. you know, and create something that's brilliant. And everyone will give like 5p and they will become a multimillionaire and be able to do incredible stuff with that. But, it, you know, it, I don't think it's going to happen yet. But uh, uh, someone will be that person. What, what, are the, I think I, what are the current
1: podcasts you're doing? Because there's so many that you kind of have on the go at the same time and then some at different times. What, what are the main ones yeah. at the moment?
4: Well, I've got the Leicester Square Fit podcast. It's just starting up again. I just did it last night with uh, Paul Merton and Joe Thomas from the Inbetweeners. Oh, guests wow, they'll be, yeah. They'll start coming. They'll, the, the Paul Merton one's out probably Wednesday, weeks, the 14th of June or something. So they all go out for free. Uh, and, you know, we film them and record them. And then, yeah, we've got really amazing people coming up this this time. There's, um, I'm going to do with Ant, one with Andrew Collins, who we haven't done a podcast together for five, six years. So yeah, of course. Fun, David Badil and uh limmy's coming back on who i love uh, i love limmy so Clary much for, it, 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 yeah. Limmy
1: is the fu- by far the funniest person working at the moment I, I don't know if he's not yeah i mean he's working he's doing book tours and stuff but
4: just following him on twitter he's
1: filthy oh, he's and great. outrageous i love it
4: yeah no he's amazing so you know it's, it's a real i mean it's so much fun to do it I'm a, I'm a massive fan of paul Merton. yeah so i was so glad to get paul on and then you just get them talking about their career, and it's just the nicest thing. And then with Joe Thomas, who you know, I don't know as well, but I, uh, I, I like him. He's a very charming, lovely young man. But I can take the Mickey a bit more out of him. So, you know, it's a, it's a fun evening. Come, you know, I'm doing another um, six or seven nights of those on Monday night. Uh, and then I'm doing, as it occurs to me, which we've been working on for a long time, it's hopefully going to be coming out soon, which is the six-part uh, stand-up and sketch show that we recorded over the sort of six months between September and February or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but again, there's a lot of work. You know, I mean, to do. I mean, we raised hundred grand to do that, but to make a basically a TV show for a yeah. hundred thousand pounds six episodes is insane. So it's uh, it's slow work, but we're kind of getting there. But I think there's going to be some good stuff in that.
1: I love the Leicester uh, Square podcast because it's because um, yeah. it, because they're nice and long, and and it's you know because quite. I mean, we're going to talk fifteen twenty minutes, bish bash bosh, and it's yeah. done. Um, but then yeah. uh, and it's on the phone, so there's there's kind of a faux intimacy. But there. Um, it's just nice and relaxed, and sometimes it gets a bit uncomfortable, and it's a bit tense, and then it's... Uh, I mean, I did it, and it was, you know, at the start, we were both kind of gauging each other and eyeing each other up, but yeah. at the end of it, I had a great time, you know, and um, yeah, and, yeah. and the shows, you, you get such a good mix of people on there as well.
4: Yeah, well, that's the hardest thing about it, is booking it and making sure the nights work as a night, you know, yeah. for the people who are paying come to see the show, and... Um, that there's a nice balance, you know, which is that which we've got really well last night, you know, I think between someone I was very respectful of and someone I could mess around with. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but it's, it's an absolute pleasure. And the, uh, the hardest thing is booking. With this, there is suddenly, about a month ago, thinking, oh, why am I doing this again? I hate this because really, I do it all myself and I book it all myself. And it's difficult because you have to deal with agents yeah. sometimes but also just email people and, and sometimes they're not getting back to you. And then just suddenly in about three or four days, I had this kind of amazing lineup that suddenly appeared when I was almost giving up. And so, and you know, once it's booked, then it's just fun times. You know, I, I spent the weekend reading Paul by autobiography, which was amazing. Yeah, it's a good book. Uh, and then you just go and talk to him about that. And that's, you know, what could be a nicer, <laughs> nicer job than that? So, you know, and it, it is very gratifying that people um, like it so much and, and get behind it. So, you know, I, I hope I can carry on doing those forever, really. It's the 11th series of, wow. of them that we've, been. You know, we've done 140 ish of them now, I think. And, it, you know, that's. That's the beautiful thing about yeah. podcasts is you, you know, you kind of go, who's commissioned this? But you've commissioned it, and in fact, you know, the, aud- the audience decided it carries on more or less. You know, if they don't come and see it, if they don't put in the kickstarters, then we don't make it. And um, you know, and but you, you basically you're in charge. You know, you make that decision. Whereas with TV, as you know, you know, you'll be jogging along, having mm. a nice time, and then suddenly someone pulls the plug. That's on it. Then it, it's done. It's, it's done. nice to be in control of that. You know. Yeah. Um, oh frig, I'm fifty.
1: Yes. That's the show that's the. Uh, <laughs> whoever does your PR is good. It starts off with The King of Edinburgh, Richard Herring, <laughs> makes a triumphant return to the fringe after a two year hiatus with brand new show. Oh, frig, I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, is it is it done? Because Edinburgh's... Well, hang on. We're early June. So there's still a way to go. Is it there? Have you got the show? Is it done? Or are
4: you still I kind of working really through not. it? I'm not. I did... I, did uh, I was in Putney tonight doing... Trying to do, you know, as much as I could do. I've probably got about... I don't know. I've probably got about 20 minutes of stuff that's promising. And, yeah. you know, 10 minutes of stuff that needs a bit of work. And then I need to figure another half an hour of stuff. But I I always... I haven't quite finished the previous tour, so I'm, I just, I'm doing three dates in London uh, and the Left Square Theatre on Thursday, Friday and Saturday with my best-of show, which is just my, my 90 minutes of favourite routines I've done for my 12 one-man shows. Wow. And so then I usually wait till I've finished the previous tour before I really crack on with a new one, and I usually do them pretty quickly, and I can write a show in six or seven weeks, you know, but but usually I've usually got a bit more in the back of my head than I have with this, but I think there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in this. Partly, I mean, it's it's interesting because it doesn't feel like ten years since I did the forty show.
5: Yeah,
4: and uh, and but you know, I think I'm such a different person than I was ten years ago. I mean, I was going through a proper midlife crisis ten years ago, and I was single, and I was you know, I was getting in fights, and I was behaving very inappropriately. Well, you getting now into fights? I got in a fight with which I'm, I'm trying to do a routine about you know, about how different things are because I got into an altercation with a postman the other day, which was was quite dignified. Now when of fine, you say then, an
1: altercation, do you mean do you mean like fisticuffs or just got into no, an no, argument?
4: Well, ten years ago I got into fisticuffs. At the end of my so just before I was doing the forty show, the last day of that tour, I was in Liverpool and I ended up fighting a university lecturer on the streets <laughs> of Liverpool uh, by a by a very convoluted series of events and it wasn't my fault and, and I was in the right. But I also can't fight and so I've never been in a fight and it was just <laughs> The punch of the story was basically the taxi driver. I got in the taxi with my shirt all ripped off and, wow, you know, my, my pride bruised. And the taxi driver said, "That was the funniest fight I've ever <laughs> seen." So that was that was lit, literally, literally two middle class men w- windmilling around. And was it
1: was it that thing with you holding your heads back and just just kind of your arms going around in a circle?
4: More or less, yeah, you know. And then just and I don't know, you know, it was it was a blur, but it was kind of insane. But it was very indicative of where I was. You know, yeah. I was never getting a fight. And it was about it was uh, you know, but it was there was there were women involved, but it was and it was sort of they antagonized this guy, and it was sort of their fault. But I end you know, but I was being honourable because he he behaved very very poorly towards these women, but but also I would just usually have walked away, you know, yes. and, and at any other time in my life. And so I was going through this proper midlife crisis, and then the other week I, I'm trying to work this out because it's quite a boring altercation with the postman because I filled all the post boxes in Shepherd's Bush with. Uh, with a Kickstarter rewards for the people who've, who've given to the the last series of the Let's Go yeah. podcast. And he was he, I, I thought, you know, I'll get these couple of bags in his van and he was furious with me because he realised I was the guy. He was angry was that you were posting boxes. stuff that you were posting stuff in postdocs. Well, exactly. Exactly. But he but we had a we had a we had a heated exchange about it, but in the end I appreciated that I'd made life difficult for him. And he and he knew and he called and it was quite a mature and enjoyable and at one point i said to them i'm 50 I can't, oh they've closed all the post boxes in all the post offices in Chelmsford, so you can't actually yeah. take a load of stuff to the post office because they're it's like half a mile from the nearest one and i would have had to walk five miles basically to yeah. deliver all these these packages that i was sending out and so you know we had an exchange about it but it kind of struck me how it, it's almost 10 years to the day since this stu- stupid fire so things like that i think like you suddenly go oh this might we might make this work, you know. I might be able to make this if I if I retell that old story yeah. uh, very quickly, and then and then read and then show you how different things are. But you know, I'm I'm now married. I've got and have got a kid, and I've got another kid on the way. Wow, and you know, so I'm very awesome. happily married. And it's and it's a, you know those the me at fifty and the me at forty. It doesn't feel like ten years since I was that guy. But you know, you could put us in a in a sitcom of two unlikely guys who yeah. live together. You know, and you know, and so it's literally that different, you know, that is my. I mean, um, it's still a, there's, there's still a part of that old guy that lives somewhere in you, you yeah. know, but you, you, can't, you never quite shake it off. My so worst one well, of those... There's loads of interesting stuff. I
1: never got into fisticuffs, but I, I, I get into yeah. arguments, and my worst one of those was about seven years ago, and I fell out with a bus driver, and I used to use the bus a lot. <laughs> To yeah. uh, really fell out with him to the point where if he saw me at the bus stop, he would, he would avoid me and he wouldn't stop. Right. And, oh God. and, and, and uh, I, I kind of, I realized, kind of stuff. Uh, I realized, I realized I had to change my ways when this guy hadn't stopped for me, but then he stopped at some yeah. traffic lights. So I just went and stood in front of the bus and stared at him. Right. And I said, I was going, let me on your bus. And he was going, <laughs> you're not getting on. I said, let me on your effing yeah. bus. And I said, I'm not moving until you let me on. And we were there literally for about six or seven minutes, and people were beeping, and he couldn't turn. And then I just heard my wife say, Ian, I'll see you at home in ten minutes. And she was behind me, and it was – I realised then I was – you know, it was
4: 12-year-old me was being a dick. Yeah, yeah. But it's – you know, but all those – I mean, that's why – but with that argument with the postman, it was that literally both of us had a good point. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, and both he was really angry, and I was less angry, but I was just sort of trying to defend myself – but by the end of it, we kind of reached a rapprochement. You know, I actually shook his hand and I apologized. Wow! And then he was saying wow. how he wasn't going to take my back. He's going to, you know, he was basically implying he was going to throw away all my letters. <laughs> and by the end of by the end of the conversation, he, he you know, all right, I'll take your bloody. He, he gave you a back. pound. <laughs> <laughs> but I love your podcast. But you know, it's, it's, it, but so you know, I think it's, there's funniness in those things because it is both. Yeah. As, you know, which, I mean, I, I'm still a very childish man, and I, I know you are as well. Yes, very much so. Uh, and it's but there's the fun of that you know you're able to be that in the job we are but but also everyone's childish really yeah so I've got I got somebody complained about my last talk because he got upset about something where I said kids weren't capable of love and it had obviously it it, it struck a nerve in him to the extent it was a joke but he it had struck a nerve in him that he was obviously there was some big his, psychological kid, his kids issues. hate him. Well, I think that's the only thing you can imply because yeah. anyone else listening to that routine would say that's, you know, that's a man being silly. Yeah. Um. And, you know, with a, with a little bit of a truth to it because kids are a, a bit more selfish than adults. <laughs> but, you know, so, uh, they aren't And so he sent me this long email the next morning, you know, about how childish I was and how pathetic I was. And you kind of go, yeah, but you know, have you not been a bit childish by sending this email <laughs> when everyone else was enjoying the show and you didn't enjoy but it when it was an adult thing to be? to that's, walk away and not worry about that's that. your job
1: that's the people yeah. it's not as if people go hmm, i wonder who this 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 comedian is I've, i'll just pop along with it. people that go kind of know who you are and that's your job is to be childish
4: yeah exactly so you know he, he sent me this email that was almost like i, I wanted to email him I go can i use that as my fringe entry program you know my fringe program entry because that that's that 40 words there is basically what i'd want to put about the new show so you know but that that's People's idea of what being uh, childish, and what being grown up, is is sort of interesting. Please so, tell
1: me you sent um, him. You replied with a picture of a dick.
4: <laughs> I, 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 I sent him an email back, and it was a little bit rude. But I, <laughs> I, was, I was in the end. I, I called him an idiot at the start, and then I was like, "No, I won't call him an idiot. I'll take the high ground." But I did say, "You know, only someone who has trouble with their own kids could." Be
6: upset
4: by that. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I mean I, he, the funny thing he did—the funniest thing about the email—we said it's the biggest waste of two times fifteen pounds I've ever spent, which oh. was a very specific way of saying the biggest waste of thirty pounds <laughs> I've ever spent. So I kind of wondered whether is that you know specifically it's the biggest waste of two times fifteen pounds, not the biggest waste of thirty pounds. Yeah. I've wasted thirty pounds on more stupid things than this, but this is the most stupid thing I've wasted. Oh. And I, I said I'll send him this money back but I was hoping he would bite because I was going to send him a check for two times 15 pounds. <laughs> but uh, he didn't, he never responded. I, I responded quite reasonably, but a little bit rudely. But, you know, you, but also I think the more you get into this job, the more you, you know, you, people, I think, imagine you think that everyone loves you.
5: Yeah. And wow. it's
4: quite the opposite with as a comedian. You know, you, you are, you're the most, you're the biggest critic of yourself, of anyone. Yeah. You're aware, you know, unless you're Peter Kaye and you're that big, you know, then you're aware, and and I'm sure Peter Kay is also aware that a lot of people do not like him uh, because it's not their sense of humour, and, you know, I don't think he'll care because he's living in a massive house. Uh, But, you know, you're aware as a comedian that not everybody likes you, so I think people sort of get, that's a childish thing, isn't it, where you think your own you know, subjective opinion is worth telling anyone Mm. about, you know, it's worth getting getting to the actual person. I can't imagine, I would obviously take the mickey out of people in my act, but The idea of sort of finding them out and then emailing them or, uh, tweeting them to let them know what I think about them as if my opinion meant anything.
1: That's the weird thing. That's the weird thing is you know doing this I'll get I'll get people tweeting saying I thought the show was rubbish last night Ian, or you're not as good as you used to be. Yeah. Or oh, they often say um th- they often compare me to Ricky Gervais. You must be gutted. Right. Whatever. Well, <laughs> hang on a minute. I, that was 15 years ago. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I I was bitter and resentful for quite a long time but I, now I'm kind of fine and I'm paying the bills and I can feed the kids and I'm you know I'm kind of happy with where I am. Why do you feel the need to tweet me and tell me I'm a tosser? Well, it's
4: but then that, so it says more about them. I'm interested in that. When people say, you know, you're not as funny as you were in the 1990s, which I think is almost objectively untrue. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I've worked very hard at mine I think I'm a lot better. But you sort of also go, well, maybe is it that your sense of humor isn't as good as it was in the 1990s? Yeah. Yeah. Is it possible that it's you that's changed and you're not 20 anymore and you know. You know? So people don't even consider it could be them. And I think that's what, that's what I love about complaints and that's I'll always try and reply to people, and I'll always try and be as reasonable as possible. But when people are having a go at you on Twitter, you can't kind of think, well, what does this actually say about you? And are you prepared to yeah. – I'm very happy for you to say what you like about me, but are you prepared to shine that light on yourself? And they never are. No. And, and that's, the, that's the crux of it, because people who are doing that – and, you know, I know you, I've seen you on Twitter, and I know sometimes you get upset about things, and I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, those p- people doing that stuff, why just ask yourself why they're doing it and, and if you ask them why they're doing it, they can't respond. They either get upset or yeah. they disappear or they get really angry. It's because the whole reason they're doing it is because of something there's a there's a gap inside them because no normal person would do it. So you don't have to worry about I find Thanks, it funny man. and I find it interesting. And as a comedian I find it really fascinating. And also, then you, know, then you also have to have the self-awareness to go, so when I'm doing that in my act, when I pick on someone in my act, yeah. is that because of, you know, is that because of something missing me? Which, of course, it is. But, you know, hopefully a comedian has the self-awareness to, to couch those things within what they're doing. So you're laughing as much at the person on stage as you are at, at whatever they're talking about, you know. And I, I think that's the delicate balance to get when you're trying to create some kind of interesting comedy or art or whatever you would call it, those things. But, you know, I think that that's, you know, it's, it's fine that people don't like what yeah, you're doing. of course. Uh, it's sort of weird that they would think it mattered to you. know. But it, cause they, they, but I think, see, that's why I think immatu- that's, about, that's where immaturity comes, is where you are still at the point where you think you're the centre of the universe, you know, and you haven't worked out that you're just a stupid idiot in the middle of loads of other stupid idiots in the middle of a tiny insignificant planet and you you haven't realized that there's much more going on, you know, so your opinion about something, what maybe is important to you and maybe is important to two or three people around you, means absolutely nothing. Mm. And, And the people you're giving that opinion about also mean absolutely nothing so you know it's, it's kind of interesting and you and, know and and i think that you know maybe this is what the show is all about and this has been this has been more useful for me uh talking <laughs> to you than it has been the previous match good so, uh, i think you're yeah, I, I,
1: but, I think you're brilliant richard i've always thought you're brilliant even when we you know we nice. were sneering at each other i think you're i, I think it, <laughs> no when we were and it's fine and we've we, we, we sorted that out but i genuinely i think you're brilliant right so the show is oh frig i'm 50 that's up yeah, at that's edinburgh i'll
4: be in edinburgh so I'm doing the show called the, the show that I'm doing next has got the last three episodes, the last three performances of are the, is the best at the Leicester Square Theatre on the 8th to the 10th of June. So it's just Thursday to Saturday at the Leicester Square Theatre. Also the best, the Rich Show's Leicester Square Theatre podcast on Mondays until the end of July. And then, yeah, I'll be up in Edinburgh. I'm doing, like, if you go to richardherring.com, basically.
1: You can I was about that to say, richardherring.com is the place to go to get all of yeah, the if info. Yeah, if
4: you look at the gig, if you go to the gig guide there, you can see all the gigs I'm doing. But if you want to see the Best of Show, which is a, a finished show and a lovely show, you've got three more chances to do that. If you want to come and see me trying stuff out over the next couple of months, come and see me in, mainly in London. And then, uh, hopefully, by Edinburgh, it will be a beautifully formated, for- formulated show. Um, maybe I'll just have a glass of whiskey before every night and uh, like I have just now. And I'll come and chat come with you for
1: half an hour before each show and just get you in the, <laughs> the melancholy <laughs> vibe that you need to be in. Richard, yeah. nice
4: to talk to you, man. Anytime you really want to come on, you, you have an open invitation. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Love the show. Keep Thank it you very up. much. See you later Cheers. on. Cheers. There All we right, go. Man.
1: Richard Herring. RichardHerring.com is the place to go. Um, it's Herring1967, isn't it, on uh, Twitter? Yes, I believe that to be the case. Uh, we used to have beef. Imagine, we used to have beef. What a world we live in. Um, the Phone lines are open now, dear listener. 344 4991000 Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
2: The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night.
0: Late Nights,
2: Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh
1: three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Let's go to Paul. Evening, Paul. Evening, Ian. You're right. You sound tired. Well, yeah, I've had diarrhoea for two days. Hey, what, 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 yeah, too no, much I, information, but we're in there now. Did you eat uh, something dodgy? No, because I work it, it, with the public, I
7: shake a lot of hands, oh. and I think whenever there's any bugs going round, well, this time of year, it's, yeah. th- it's the June effect, you know, I think it's because things are warming up and stuff. I um, uh, Two
1: two people I learnt from, right, and, uh, but, but when I met Ringo Starr, we're talking about the Beatles again, it's Richard not because... Starkey! Yeah. He used to live round the corner from me, yeah? <laughs> he... he refused, and I was warned, they said he won't okay. shake your hand, he won't shake hands and it's because okay. he was 70 and he didn't want to catch a cold, what he did was we bumped elbows, and then Philip Schofield by the way, has Philip yeah. walked across any bridges yet, because I'm not Lovely walking guy. across a bridge until he does, um, put fi- is on bridges, but they have done now probably. Well, I was driving across today. Day. Yeah. They put bar- bar- barriers on the... Anyway, he um, when he when I was on this morning, he would um, yeah. he carried a little bottle of that um, antiseptic gel with him because yeah. he was going around and people would want to shake his hands, and so he wouldn't be yeah, rude sure. and he'd to shake hands. And as he walked out, he would put some of the gel on and clean his hands every single time.
7: It's too too much effort there. And now I just uh, touch knuckles, but even that can pass germs. Oh, so you can get fleas on careful. knuckles,
1: definitely.
7: Uh, so I just nod the head, you know, the old
1: Japanese greeting. The nod? I miss the doffing of the cap. You know Japan, don't you? I do know Japan. I've been there a few times. I wanted to go and live there, and then we had kids. (laughs) So that didn't happen. The lower you bow
7: de- is determined yeah. by the status of the person that you're meeting. Yeah. So if it's a high status, you have to bow a lot lower.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you meet... I, I went over there years and years ago uh, to make a film about video games, and um, yeah. we met, um, like, the head, of, uh, the head of Namco, which is this massive games company, and we were warned. We were said, look, when you meet him, he's a really old guy, right? When you meet him. You've got to bow low, and it was we were there doing proper, you know, we were almost touching our, our knees with our noses because we, to show respect to this guy. And it's, um, I like that. That's, not, I think that's a nice thing, bowing and curtsying. Although the Japanese women bow, they don't curtsy.
7: Touching your knees is a bit too much. That's a bit. not you too just much? say to him the your back, backside?
1: Well, that's, there's always a way. But I miss the old English way, Paul, of just doffing your cap to a lady.
7: Well, in the Victorian era, everybody wore, every man would cover his head. Yeah. Yeah, then yeah. We don't cover our heads anymore unless you wear a baseball well,
1: cap. Well, you don't. And I, I love watching footage of London from the sixties and even in the seventies, actually, even sort of mid seventies. And you would see, um, so many bowler hats. Just bowler hats everywhere. Well, not even, not even that. They,
7: normal people walking around on the, on the pavements had their uh, jacket and ties on and they look yeah. ultra smart. Yeah. And the women wore lovely skirts and it just looks so elegant, but we're too scruffy
1: now. We, we are. And I've, and I'm, I, it, we are. And it's laziness and it's convenience. And I do it. And I, all I wear, unless I've got to wear a suit, which is very rarely these days. I need to get a bigger mm. suits. I put on weight. But, um, but all I wear are jeans. Just jeans. And it's so lazy. It is, lady. But how do you feel when you put a nice crisp shirt on and a,
7: t- and a smart tie, and you put up the knot up, and a nice jacket? Does it make you feel something a bit yeah. special? Oh yeah,
1: of course it does. Yeah, course, yeah, doesn't it?
7: And and, if, and if, everything happens. I mean, I get on the bus sometimes with a suit on, and suddenly all the attractive women are looking at me. Well,
1: I don't. I, I've never had that. Effect. Here's the thing, though. Even Not if I'm just I, looking at st-
7: you, uh, and I mean ogling me,
1: ogling, you know? they're treating you like a piece of meat. I even <laughs> if I starch the shirt, and I'm a big fan of starching a shirt. And apparently, yeah, yeah. apparently, it's only working class people that use starch. I was reading this really interesting thing, and I come from working class stock, and <laughs> it's a working class thing to use starch. Middle class apparently don't do it. Anyway, I've starched my it. shirt. But and this has always been the way since I was a kid, and the same thing happens with my eldest kid. Right, within thirty seconds, I'm a mess, and the shirt's all skewy, and there's a bit sticking out, and and I can never. And I was the same as a kid. My mum would dress me smart, tuck the shirt into, do the type. Within thirty seconds, I was a mess.
7: I think that's gone one one step too far, Starting a shirt. I mean, most shirts oh, now are soft cotton. But you know what I love even yes. more than just seeing men in a decent suit, oh. which I think it's very smart. Yes. You know, yes, is men in a decent suit with two young boys who are their who are their sons also a decent suit. Yeah, it just looks amazing when you see yeah. that.
1: Yeah like really, a wedding you get that wedding weddings, don't you? you get the lads the boys dressed up with, uh, with the same as dad my, my friend got married in Scotland uh
8: sorry he, to he went that. up
7: to live in Scotland and uh outside of Dundee really? he bought a nice little um hunting lodge up there and uh, he, he dressed as two sons it was a second marriage, and he dressed as two sons for his first marriage in Scottish outfits with kilts and, and there was a huge dispute whether they should wear real daggers down their socks uh, or plastic daggers now the lads real wanted real daggers of course they Once did. they knew there were real daggers on offer they wanted of course real they, daggers. they did. So he gave them plastic ones and he snapped them in half.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine what would have happened if they had real ones. Kids end up fighting. Also, I think making kids wear kilts at a wedding is unfair because the best part of any wedding is when the disco's on and the kids are doing skids on their knees in front of the disco. You can't do skids in a kilt.
7: Uh, well, you can, you can pull your socks up a bit. They you have these oh, thick socks, they'll be... I- cover the
1: knees with a decent pair of socks I don't never don't underrate it. the Scottish Garby yeah. top, top, top I've, top, wore, I've worn kilts at a wedding and I, and I went um, I went I did it as you meant to without any pants and then we started you
7: kilts I've never worn a kilt in my life
1: oh it's, do you know what it's actually it's really freeing and we did it without pants, but then we were doing, like, um, Scottish dancing, and um, someone came up to us and said, I think you should go and put some underwear on, guys. So we did. We, 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 it, was, it was a little bit too free. Yeah, I don't wear do on in Scotland, but was this? Do they, they don't oh. wear pants in Scotland, Paul. They're too tough for that. Don't
7: believe that, Ian. But listen, you remember a guy called Alex Cox who made the film Repo Man?
1: I, now, funnily enough, I do, and I was just because le- that that is a, tri- and I'll, I'll let you get to point in a second. Here's a dull bit of trivia: Repo Man was produced by Michael Nesmith of the Monkees, and I and I remember that because wow. I'm just listening to his autobiography uh, being read out, and it's wonderful. So yes, I do remember Repo Man, and I do remember Alex Cox. Well, Alex Cox was a
7: big guy was about six foot two, and he came to live in Liverpool on Rodney Street, which is a really classy Georgian street. Yeah. And he used to wear a kilt. And I said to him, Alex, why are you wearing the kilt? He said, because it makes you feel very comfortable underneath.
1: Yeah, it does. It does a nice breeze.
7: Very so cool never-
1: on a summer's day.
7: You never talked to winner as a
9: regular outfit. No, and you,
1: you stick it to your jeans. No, no oh God, no, I, I, no. But there's not. I like the. F- I like the. Sp- I liked it. Ha- Alex Cox lived near you. What, what? What is he doing these days? Is he still around, Alex Cox?
7: I don't. He was a bit of a one-hit wonder, wasn't he? he? Made a couple of TV things and he just disappeared. He he just, do, he
1: did he do Sid and Nancy? That wasn't him,
10: was it? Yeah, it, good question. It, that it, was, might, it could have been. It might it was have his been. Era, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: he he, and he his was like, well? he was seen as a bright young thing, and then he never really reached his full potential.
7: No, he never went beyond. He never stepped into the mainstream, did he? No.
1: But can I just
7: ask you a personal question Ian?
1: You can ask me, but I may not answer. Do you, you wear jeans a
7: lot. How often do you wash your jeans, <laughs> or does your wife take control of washing them? No, I mean, I, I love to wear my jeans for weeks. Yeah. So I've got to be honest. Oh, I just do. the
1: pair I'm wearing now. Um, they are very, very ripe. Okay. And I would say, f- I would say f- it, it's five weeks since I washed them. Um, but I'm because g- I'm going to New York next uh, on Sunday. So I want
7: to uh, you'll blend in then. You'll blend in well, in New York. But I want to wear the Americans are slobs. Aren't they? i not be
1: filthy. <laughs> I want to wear a clean pair of jeans when I go. So, yeah, yeah. and also, if everyone knows, if you wash jeans too much, they fade really quickly.
7: Yeah, it's true. And they start to go, they start to fall to pieces. Yeah. Now the thing is, if you're walking down New York with a decent suit on, you're treated like a god. You know, yes. Yes. the taxis stop for you, people open doors. Wow. If you buy yourself a really nice mohair suit, yes. a nice shirt, Mo- a nice tie, do yes. your hair properly, and walk along Fifth Avenue. Donald Trump will invite you
8: into his tower.
1: Oh, God, well, I'm not doing that then, Paul. Listen, thank you for calling. <laughs> have a nice one. Thank you. 03444991000. See, better when we just talk like that. I like those calls. I like those calls. Alan, I'll come to you after this.
0: Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off
1: the leash. On Talk Radio.
2: We have ways of making you talk.
1: Cass, get on that microphone for a second because we do. I don't. Uh... We're doing something tomorrow at four o'clock, but I don't know what we're doing. But people can watch it. What's that? The thing we're doing tomorrow at yeah. four. What is it?
2: Nels O'Mahony. Yeah, he's coming over from Ireland to speak to us. Wowzers! He's an on-air coach. Okay. And he's uh, going to
1: teach us how to do radio. Is he? No, it? he's
2: going to have a chat with us because um, he says he, he always uses you when it comes to ideas. <laughs>
1: On how not to do radio.
2: No, he likes you.
1: Oh, God, that's what they say. <laughs> so
2: I might just leave and let you kiss or whatever it is you're going to do.
1: And But so people... Well, if you follow me on Twitter, at Ian Lee, we'll tweet when it's up and you can watch it as yeah. it's happening. And people can talk to us. I guess. And then tomorrow, at half six, I'm recording... Um, A show for Virgin for Sunday, and then at half seven, I'm recording a Guitar Nerds podcast. All right. It's a busy old day, I'll see you Friday. There we go. It's a busy old day. We're not in on Thursday, guys. It's uh, Talk Radio's election coverage, guys, through the night. So make sure uh, you listen to that. 03444991000, Caddick. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Caddick. I've
10: got two things for you. Okay, mate. First all, my apologies for not being at the league club on Sunday. Yeah, what the hell happened there, mate? Look, oh, yeah, I checked the bank balance. I didn't have enough money to get a
1: ticket. Hey, there were some women there. Get this, right? There were six people there who hadn't even bought tickets. Oh, my God. And then
10: they left halfway through. Oh, that's shocking. That's shocking, isn't it? But according to my friends on talk your listeners, I was there in sound only. You were
1: there in sound. I'd intro- forgotten that i changed the introduction to the second half of the show. I'd ditched uh, Tony Blackburn introducing me, and I um, went with you introducing me.
10: Yeah, because according to Lady Cadon, I was snoring. Uh, oh, you are at the end of it as well. You were snoring, yes, uh,
1: Yes, you were. And let me just say, guys, he's referring to the show I did in Birmingham, Ian Lee versus Radio. It was my solo show. It's finished. I'm never doing it in the UK ever, ever again. It's never happening again, ever. But if you want a CD of it or if you want the digital download, which has loads of extra stuff in it, if you go to gofasterstripe.com slash Ian Lee. gofasterstripe.com slash Ian Lee, you can How buy a copy. How much is this fine download? Well, the, the CD is £6. The download, which has got loads of extra stuff, and it's got a set, it's even got, a, you get two shows, is only three
10: quid. Oh, so it's cheaper for the download. It's cheaper for, the or, or, just buy both. That's nine quid well spent. Yeah, it really, really is. It's a nice Father's Day present.
1: It will be a lovely Father's Day present. That money going to me will be a lovely Father's Day. When is Father's Day? Of June. Hey, yeah. It, the thing, the thing, the thing is right. Father's Day is um, just a few short days after my birthday, so they kind of get. Now I know how who, who, uh, uh, how kids whose birthdays on the same day as Christmas Day feel. It's disappointing. It's disappointing, cads. Oh
10: no! And secondly, have you not been on that Thursday night with the election? Yes. That got me thinking. Why not take over Julia Hartley Brewer's slot in the morning? Yeah, well, when um, when um my bosses said to me they didn't
1: want me to come in on the evening of uh, uh, June the 8th for the, for the election because Julia Hartley Brewer was uh, taking over, I said, oh, so I assume you'll be letting me do Julia Hartley Brewer's show in the morning? And they said no. Oh no! Yeah, I know we had that conversation and they said no! But make sure you listen, Alan! Make sure you listen th- uh, Thursday night. It's, uh, it's the only place you need to be to find out the latest election results as they happen. Talk radio, guys.
10: We're, we be on off with a night. Yep. And but I will I'm be going to TV. bed,
1: I will be going to bed at about half past eight, because <laughs> when I so rarely, I've I've been working every day for the last couple of weeks, and it's so rarely I get a night off, and uh, and so I'm going to go to bed nice and early, um, but if I wake up in the night, I'll tune in to Talk Radio on DAB, on uh, the Talk Radio app, and of course on talkradio.co.uk
10: and when you flying to new york uh sunday
1: or what time the flight i'm not telling you like i'm gonna tell him what time the flight is i'll tell you why we have genuinely um thank you alan we have genuinely had people saying you know maybe i'll fly out to new york and, and hang out with you guys no what what are you talking about that's weird Honestly, we've got about four people. That's weird. Yeah, maybe we'll... I'm thinking, I've I've got some holiday I need to take. Maybe I'll, um... When are you flying out? What flight are you on? Maybe I'll come out to New York with you. What? Go away. That is weird. That is proper mental. You loony. What, and then we're going to hang out? I don't think so. By the way, the rabbit hole show. We haven't got a rabbit hole for tonight, have we? For tomorrow, have we? No, we haven't got one. Uh, yeah. uh, but we are doing a uh, rabbit hole in new york city on june the 15th lunchtime we have saw, i think we've got six or maybe even seven people coming which is genuinely awesome oh no it's i thought today was wednesday yeah well uh we got six or seven people coming we, i booked a tiny little place it holds 24 um, not quite m- m- made the money back yet, but I thought w- no one would come. So June the 15th, we'll be recording a rabbit hole, and it'll be about quarter past five, your time, UK time. So be ready to call in and Skype in. And do that, please, if you will. 0344 499 is the telephone number, if you want to give us a call. Now, it's always, after starting the show off with a guest, it's always weird trying to get into the show, because you guys tend not to call, and I don't quite know how to set things up, I never quite found a way into it. And also, I'm going to be really honest, I have got no vibe today, I mean, zero vibrations are happening in terms of creativity honestly i'm flatlining in terms of creativity and ideas and stuff like that i um woke up at 10 because i'd left the alarm on my phone and that was my dan Aykroyd alarm um and i woke up at 10 with the alarm and i thought i'll never get back to sleep again let me close my eyes again then suddenly it was one I thought, oh, that's good, but I was having real anxiety dreams. I couldn't I'd, I couldn't find my car, I had to carry my mum, my aunts were shaming me. It was horrible, oh, it was horrible. Um, and then I just, I just couldn't get out of bed today. I could not get out of bed. So I stayed in bed, and I watched the end of a really crap film I'd been watching... On Netflix called Lucid Dream. Basically, it's a Korean inception, conception. Um, and it was rubbish. And, and it didn't, it should have had, basically, he goes into his dream to find out who kidnapped his kid, all right? And the woman said, spoiler alert, I'm going to save you an hour and 45 minutes of your life. And the woman who sends him into his dream says, right, you'll know it's a dream because if you look at your watch, the second hand won't be moving, right? It means it's a dream, right? But the viewer knew it was a dream because it was all soft focus and silly sound effects. So, of course, the way that film should have ended was he gets reunited with his kid and he's crying and stuff, and then he looks at his watch and he sees the second hand isn't moving and he's still in a dream. But that didn't happen! He only looked at his watch once in the entire film. And then he got reconnected We he found his kids. It was rubbish. Absolute awful. One of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. 0344, 499, by the way. Then I was playing some Xbox. Then I was listening to a little bit of radio. I didn't get up till, uh, till gone five o'clock. Imagine that. I'm a I'm a man approaching 44. And I did not get up until 5 o'clock. Sweet Lord. So I'm feeling a bit... And then we ate a load of food tonight. And I'm feeling bloated and... Great. And I am worrying. Because Friday is my birthday. And Friday I turned 44 years old. And that is... That is properly old now. That is properly old. The 30s are now... A very very distant memory. Um, forty three. That's still early early forties. Uh, forty three, early early forties. Um, forty four. It's mid mid to late forties. We're in now. The next big one is fifty, and then I'm only sixteen years away from sixty. And I think my dad died, uh, when he was 63, 62, so I've got less than 20 years left if I'm going by his standards. Flippin' heck! So I'm getting anxious about getting older, and I'm feeling it, and I'm feeling fat, and I'm feeling grey and puffy, and I'm all spotty, and I've had a shave, and I thought that would make me look younger, and it just made me look, I just look like, oh, fat, dirty old man, oh, dirty old man. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know how the show works, guys. You can call in about absolutely anything you want to call in this evening. 0344 499 But here's the big story. Not that one. Here's the big story of the day that I don't think anyone's picked up on. And shame on you. Because this... this, Forget those, those idiots on London Bridge. Forget those idiots. Forget the fact he was on telly, basically saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be... When I grow up, I want to be a terrorist. You yeah, Forget that. He was on telly. He was on telly. <laughs> Flippin' heck. Are MI5 monitoring everyone? No, they're not, but Channel 4 are. Brilliant. He was on telly. Yeah, when I grow up, I'm going to be a terrorist. Right now, though, I'm just going to burn this ISIS flag on telly. All right, you dickhead. This is the important story. And it only gets... Um... A quarter of a page on page 26 of the Daily Mirror. This is the story that should have been the front page. And it shows... Oh, they've done that thing where they've made jokes at the end of it. All right, good. It shows what a gentleman this guy was that you never heard this before. What I'm about to say is going to blow your mind. Roger Moore invented the Magnum lolly. Ladies and gentlemen, Roger Moore invented the Magnum lolly. Headline for Your Ice Only. So Roger Moore invented the Magnum ice creams, a pal of the late actor claims. This is the best. This is like something from The Onion, which I've only just started reading and is very, very funny. I only just started reading the onion i don't read it you know i mean do the james bond star had suggested walls create a chocolate covered ice cream and family friend chrissy eiley added more who died last month age 89 was later sent a version of the bar the journalist said one thing roger is not universally known for is the fact he virtually oh uh, invented the magnum Miss Eilid claims he told her about a 1960s interview in which she was asked which person he would like to meet and what he would ask them. She said Moore told her, I said I'd like to meet Mr. Walls and ask why they don't have a chalk ice with vanilla inside that I had as a child on a stick. I got a call from Mr. Walls who sent me a cake with plain chocolate outside and vanilla ice cream inside. In 1989, Walls launched... Mag- it is just a chalk ice on a stick, actually, isn't it? You're right. Uh, James Bond. It's just a choc ice on a bloody stick. In 1989, Walls launched Magnum, chocolate-coated vanilla ice cream on a stick. Mazili added the diabetic star, ate a couple of the black espresso variety a week telling her, low in sugar, but the best thing in the world. I can make them last half an hour. <laughs> Oh, Roger Moore thought that Magnums, which he invented, were the best thing in the world. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. Wall said, <laughs> "Oh no! Why did they have to put this paragraph in at the end? Why?" Wall said, "Sadly, we never heard this brilliant story, but are thrilled to hear the late great Sir Roger Moore was a fan." And then they've done um, the thing one, two, three, four, five, where they've made John, James Bond films out of ice creams. Two of them are, are, are kind of uh, The last two I'm going to read are kind of brilliant, right? A View to a Chill. Uh, Cold Finger. Cornetto Royale. And here are the two that are brilliant. <laughs> Can't say it. Kath saying you only look twice. That's the porno version. There's a porno version of The Office. Mivy let die. Quantum of Soleros. <laughs> Quantum of Soleros. <laughs> you idiots. Oh, dear God ah that's what hap- that's what you get if you don't call in all right you get me reading rubbish out about roger moore who patently never invented um i want to i want to tell a lie what can i have invented i invented calippos actually and i did genuinely invent calippos Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number we call you back so you call up it costs you pennies Probably free. We call you back. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. If you want um Paul in Stoke Poses to be the first caller of the next hour, then don't call in. If you don't, then it's 0344 499 1000. You're listening to Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
2: Across the UK
0: Late night, Ian
11: Lee On Talk Radio
2: We have ways of making you talk
11: Well I'm not kind to kiss and tell But I've been seen with fire up. I've never been With anything less than a nine, So fine I've been on fire With Sally Field Gone fast with a girl named Bo But somehow they just Don't end up as mine by life I lead. I take my chances, I die for living in the movies and TV. But the hardest thing I ever do is watch my leading ladies kiss some of the guy while I'm bandaging my knee. I might fall from a tall building, I might roll a brand new car, cause I've never spent much time in school But i totally told ladies plenty It's true I hire my body out of pay. Hey, hey I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's Blown up for Rocky Welch But when I wind up in the hay It's only hay bridge so here's here
1: 's some advice on the text you can text eight seven start of the word talk it costs twenty five message. ian i 'm a week older than you. Yes, I know what you're... This is Kelvin. I know what you're saying about getting old. I first noticed when I was getting my hair cut and I saw my dad in the mirror looking back at me. E, you should take up physical hobby instead of watching films and playing video games. What? Me and my boy just finished restoring an old Volkswagen Beetle. Go home tonight and knock a wall down to extend a bathroom or something. What? tonight i'll wake everyone up having stuff like that to do is good for getting you out of bed and good for the soul no it's not it's good for the dis- it's good for distracting yourself and making a mess i'm not knocking a bloody wall down are you nuts can you believe that ray
12: good evening i, I did ask if i was still banned, but that
1: casted me back okay i don't I'm, I'm not aware of any bands that have taken place you must have imagined that
12: raymond no, 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 you, you're me um, of saying that I mentioned soiled knickers when I got the hangman the other night.
1: No, no, I've n- literally got no idea what you're talking about.
12: <laughs> okay, good. Um, so my, my topic is, what's your definition of middle-aged?
1: Um, well, I would say from around about 37. No! Yeah, oh yeah, mate, totally!
12: 30... Yeah, see the, the sort of, i think the Dixie um, example is, is is around about sort of your age now forty three forty four well the di- but that but
1: but it, but it, it, it's not though is it middle age right you're supposed to sort of seventy three score and ten is what we're supposed to live we'll probably live live a bit longer if you're lucky you'll get to eighty so technical middle age is forty. If, you, if you're at your middle age, but middle age to me is 37 up to about 52. Once you get past that, you're old. You're a pensioner. So,
12: cause, cause you're I a senior citizen. See, so I know the day when I thought, I'm now middle-aged. I can remember it as if it was yesterday.
1: Was it yesterday?
12: I, I was, no, no, it wasn't, because no, I'm now 48. So I'm well past it. But I was, it was about five years ago, and I went mm. to get the haircut. Yeah. I just went through the normal, you know, we have it short, the oh. back and sides, etc. Oh. At the end, he showed me the mirror, see that I was happy with the back. Just about to get up and pay, and then he mentioned these words, and I thought, oh, I'm now mid age Uh-oh. And, it, and he said, uh, would you like your eyebrows trimmed?
1: Oh, flipping it, I've not had the eyebrows yet. I've had the shaving of the top of the back.
10: <laughs> I've had that. So, so you're not mid-lays yet? Until you hear those words...
1: God, blimey. So you were going all Dennis Healy, were you?
12: Well, no. See, I didn't think it was that bad. I-, I was absolutely mortified. But now if I go and get my hair cut and they don't ask, I sort of say, could you just uh, trim the eyebrows?
1: I don't what get... I don't... Uh, well, I've never ha- I've never been to one of those Turkish barbers where they set fire to your ears. <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> yes, yeah, It's no, brilliant. Yeah, they I'm set never. fire to your ears. It's incredible, and it burns all the hair. I'd love that. <laughs> ridiculous but why do they show you the back of your head because what i've got this thing i used to with one hairdresser i, I used to say don't show me the back because th- there's literally no point what am i going to what am i going to do go oh it's too short can
12: you can you put some back on there <laughs> well a couple of years ago i actually said no i'm not happy and the guy looked at me and said and i said i joking because he didn't know what to do yeah Okay, uh, yeah, no, but that was it. When if
1: anybody has made- yeah. ever complained about a haircut, 0344 the only time I know it happened was when my sister had her haircut at uh, uh, um, a gentleman's barber's on the Farnham Road that I drive past every day. And she was young, she was like 13, 14, 15, something like that. And they went, you happy with it? She went, Yeah, yeah, of course. And then she went home and burst into tears. And my mum phoned up and said, What? She's really unhappy. Well, she said she was happy with it. No, oh, she was really unhappy. And so, the, my, my mum, they said, we'll send her back and we'll fix it. <laughs> How humiliating. I think I'm remembering this right, Joe, if you're listening. And she went back and, of course, they just cut it shorter. Beautiful. <laughs> really good. Awful. Uh, right, listen, thank you very much for that. 344 is the telephone number. You can't complain about a haircut. I mean, you can say, oh, actually, could you take a little bit more off the top? I've done that. Oh, God, can you just go a little bit shorter on t- I've done that. But now, when they show me the back of my head, I go, Yep, that's the back of my head. Because what are you going to say? What is there to say? Oh, 03444991000. Four, hello. hello.
9: Hello, oh, who's that? <laughs> oh, Ian. Listen, right? I have to if you a cup today, actually. Is that Paul? No, it's Andre. Paul, are you there? No, yeah. Hi. No, Paul, is that Ian? <laughs> oh, you're doing it to me again, putting me on with Andre. I've done a far with it tonight. What, <clears throat> well, Paul, listen, i have to get my hair cut today, funny enough. I, I bowled in, yeah? Yeah, Paul? Hello? <laughs> oh, you're still there? Yeah, and you're doing it to me again. Yeah, Paul, I walked in, and, and I ain't got much hair on top, actually. I've only got, like, a few strands, yeah? And he said, uh, how do you want it done, Paul, yeah? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, Loud and clear, yeah. And I said, uh, well, can I have a a sort of centre part in, please, mate, yeah? So he said, well, there's not much there, like, you know. I said, well, just see what you can do, like, you know. So he brushes a few to the left, a few to the right, and a couple fall out, Paul, yeah? Were you doing a hokey-cokey at the same time? No, and then a couple fall out, and I say... um, I'll just carry on doing the side side parting. So he keeps pressing. He said, was there like a bit of gel in it, keep me in place?" Like you know, I said, "Yes, please." So he put their gel in it. Then a couple more fall out. I said, "Oh dear, mate! Like you're mucking me a right up here." And there's one hair left on the top of my head. He said, "What am I meant to do now?" The the hairdresser said, "I said, I sort of to leave it scruffy." <laughs> I'll see you later Why didn't they just give you a Bobby Charlton? Good evening, Paul. Good evening. What's wrong with you? Nothing. I just didn't come really with handle. Well, why are you Andre sounding so miserable? Again? No, just admit, i a just i I'm a bit worried about tomorrow. Uh, What's happening tomorrow? I've got my GP visiting me at home. And why is he visiting you at home? Because I'm agoraphobic, okay. basically, and nice. I find it difficult
1: getting out of the house. You've never said that before. That's a revelation. No, I haven't,
9: because I don't like giving everything away
1: about me. Mate, c- calm the attitude down, Paul. Sorry. I know you're trying to be kind. Yeah, I am. So just just, just back off a little bit. All right? If you don't want to make this phone call, don't make this phone call. No, I do. Well, then I don't, don't, don't don't, come on with up. the cob on with me, mate. Come on. No, OK. I, no, I, all right. Right. So he's coming around. Well, And you're the one that brought up the doctor. So, you know... Yeah, because they keep insisting
9: on seeing me because I haven't had a checkup for a while because I have to have an updated thing for my repeat prescription and yeah.
1: Well, well and what are you anxious about? That is, what? Have you are you worried that he's going to find something? Well, I, I I take I try and take as less tablets as possible. You know?
9: um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to ask for a blood test and blood
1: pressure and. You know what men are like about going to the doctors? Oh, I love it! They, I love it! They can't keep me out of the doctors. Uh, oh, I love going to the doctors. Seriously, I'm, I'm never gonna die because the slightest thing. Yeah, can I can I make an appointment with the doctors? Have you got nothing today? I'll come. And, I'll come and wait. I'm like that, fighting at the doctors. Hello, oh, Mister Lee. Lovely to see you. I say, yeah, I've got. I think I'm. I think I'm uh, going deaf, and I have got uh, ear cancer. And they go. Let's have a look. No, just a little bit of wax. Clean that. Up. Beautiful. Thanks very much. Uh, so you know you were talking about earlier about them burning your ears. Yes. Yeah. The I Turkish think what barbers. You're talking yeah. About is that they put candles in your ears and? That's the Hopi candles. Like the candles. No, no, no. You're thinking of the Hopi candles, right? Which are supposed to be good for something, um, but Cleaning there is no. You out. Well, I, I think is, but there is no science behind it at all. No, I, I wouldn't fancy it. No, a can candle. No, this is in Turkish barbers. They um, put like um, I don't know lighter fluid or something on your ear, and then they set fire to it and it goes whoosh, and it burns well, all your ear the hair. Burn
9: the, the hair, yeah,
1: burning your ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Are you, are you experiencing that already at your age? Uh, no, I'm not. But I've se- I've seen it happen. Okay, I've seen it. Happen and I will. Okay, I have you
9: ever have you, ever, you know, you yes. can have your eyebrows sort of trimmed and that. Yes, what's that Indian thing they do with two bits of string? Threading,
1: yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's Indian necessarily, but that they yeah, it's the sort of thing that I think, yeah. You often I see Indian women once. doing it I in a stall, in He's a stall, so in a, oh, you can't hear me. You often see Indian women doing it or Asian women doing it in uh, uh, um, concession stands in shopping centres.
9: Yeah, the yeah. same kind of thing. What was that fad where you put your feet in water with fish in yeah. it?
1: And then they they stopped. They banned that because uh, the fi- people were getting AIDS from it.
9: Yeah, I mean, yeah. God, would you ever imagine doing that in the no. first place? No,
1: I no. would not. I don't want a dirty, perverted fish eating my foot. I'd rather put up with my bunion. Oh, jeez, well, there's an image, guys. Come on. Feet are horrible. Imagine yeah, being one being of these... There are things, perverts, Paul, right? There are perverts that get off on um, licking and, and worshipping like a woman's or a man's feet and... and oh, oh, that... Well, what about Sarah Ferguson all those years ago? Well, Toe-sucking, yeah, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. A long time ago, when I was a y- much younger man, someone did suck my toes. And I'm going to be my honest... girlfriend... Um, yeah, yeah. No, it was was a boyfriend. Yeah, it was a girlfriend, right? I'm going to be honest, Paul. How can I say this in a way, um, that won't get me taken off the air? (laughs) Um, I'm going to say it and then I'm going to dump it, okay? So the people on Periscope, I'm going to say something rude. Don't repeat that. That is not because the people at home won't have heard that. Only you heard okay, that, I, and the people can on I give Periscope. I an
9: example? I'm not going to repeat that. Can I give an example that is something like that? Yeah. That is similar. Yes. yes. Have you ever had a woman yeah. kiss and caress the
1: back of your knees? No, I have not. No. Okay, right. Believe me, that yeah, is... I've come in for a that, second. I want to try something. <laughs> that is a similar thing. I can't have anyone even even going near. They can't go within six feet of the back of my knees because I just start giggling.
9: Well, it does make you giggle, oh. but it's kind of a
1: nice sensation yeah. as well. Did it? Did you nearly do what I nearly did? No, no, good lad. No, good lad. Well,
9: that was a fun yeah. chat, wasn't it? Can I finally say what you were talking about a little while ago? Of course being, you can. Being dressed smartly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's wrong with you going to New York again? Yes, yeah, I know. sir. And someone said earlier to be smartly
1: dressed. I appreciate it. Not a mohair suit, though. In mean, what, what is this, 1964? You're close. A crombie jacket. No, come on. A smart... Crombie jacket. Well, I the thing is I do need to get a new suit because I'm I'm fat and I'm not going to lose this weight. So I need to get a suit that fits, but um I doubt You said you've been going to the gym a lot recently. Do you know, I haven't been since I got since I got ill about 2 months ago. So no, I haven't been actually. Okay,
9: and... but you were, right? Do you smoke cigarettes? No. no. Okay. Well, I smoke cigarettes. Oh. And I think what's wrong with going to the gym yeah. and working out in a gym? Yeah and not being able to smoke at the same time. Um... Because, do you know why? Go on. Say you did a class of Pilates. Yes. I like
1: smoking Pilates lights.
5: Oh, for God's sakes.
1: Thanks for calling, Paul. Good night. I didn't even... I don't... That. I mean... ay ay. aye. aye, aye unmissable late-night radio with the original king of
0: unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late-Night Ian
1: Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Yeah, oh, come on. We need Herb Alpert. Let's raise this. I am shattered, guys. What the hell is going on? What the hell? da 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 let's go to reese good evening reese hello hello reese how are you i'm good thank you although my eyes want i feel like they're bulging but apart from that i'm great good
10: good that's lovely to hear
1: what would you like to say reese
10: well, to be honest, uh, my whole road has been closed. I've had to walk from Highgate Station to my flat.
1: Hang on a minute, I know that area very, very well. What, what is, where exactly do you live? Don't give me
10: the number. Oh, we're going to give an exact location, but I live uh, somewhere in the sort of Muswell Hill area.
1: Right, you come out of Highgate Tube, you turn right, you walk past that pub, you're walking down the hill and then up the hill. Which way, are you, where are you going then?
10: Um, I'm going towards the sort of Brian
1: Barnet area. Oh, that's not Muswell Hill! Well, Fry and Barnet is
10: at Muswell Hill. Yeah, I don't live there. I'm walking through Muswell Hill Broadway now.
1: Okay, Muswell Hill Broadway. Okay. Yeah. And what? What? So what? Is, what street is shut off? Colney Hatch Lane?
10: Uh, no, literally the road going from uh, Highgate. Is that Colney Hatch Lane? No. Well, I guess it is. No, it's no? not. No. <laughs>
1: well, look. Neither <laughs> of us know what we're talking. Why is it shut <laughs> off? Is it
10: terrorism? <laughs> no no God not again. Uh no, just road work.
1: Oh, oh, oh in that case. Uh that's as, as well as long as they're not winning, they won't win in North London. the, the ISIS and Daesh, they won't uh, they won't um defeat the um uh, the poshness of North London. They wouldn't dare come up here. They, they wouldn't, wouldn't dare. dare come up here because the NIMBY's would not allow it. You <laughs> know you are such literally such you are literally a five minute walk from the house in which you really got me was written. Oh yes, of course. Literally a, a five house. minute walk. You can walk yeah. past it and look through the window.
10: Yes, I used to live in East Finchley on drunk nights out. I passed that pub most nights.
1: Well mm. it's the pub and it's the house. One of the there's like two or three little cottages opposite, and I can never reach one, but it's one of those is where the kinks used to live.
10: Yes, absolutely
1: spot on. Absolutely spot on. per Rock and roll. Here we go. This uh, The show's finally taking shape. Stay there for a second, Reese, but you have uh, become the conduit for tonight's one and only topic. Mundane places that are important locations in rock and roll history. There is wow. a tiny house, I think it's, there's two or three next to each other on Fry and Barnet Road, um, and in one of those houses... Uh, you really got me by the kinks was uh, was written and first performed oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand your mundane places in rock and roll history please thank you yes Reece?
10: Um I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of one now um, you won't be I able think to my one of my dad's friends yeah uh, was a air conditioning installer man um, yeah and he installed the air conditioning to, to The late, great Rick Parfitt from Status Quo.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, and I bet the air there was a very, very musty sweet smell. I'm he sure took lots of been. drugs, is what I'm saying. <laughs> is what I'm saying.
10: He did. Didn't stop him being a great musician, though. No, didn't
1: stop him. But, but I'm afraid, Reese, that doesn't fit in to mundane no. places in um, rock and roll history. That's, that's mundane um, jobs anecdote. connected with rock and roll history. No, the anecdote was great, but that is, you, you've called in for mundane um, uh, 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 workmanship <laughs> things connected with rock and roll history, which is what we're doing tomorrow.
10: Oh great! Okay, I'll call back. Call back the in with soap. that, please. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Anything else? Um, have you been to see our show yet? Which you said you were going to come and see. What was this? What? We had a whole hour's conversation about me being an actor uh, and being in Alice's Adventures Underground.
1: Uh, oh yeah, I'm oh, flipping out. Yes. <laughs> well, is it is it finished? No, it's going on September. Um, can you get me free tickets? <laughs>
10: I'll, I'll talk to the. the, on, the beach, come, come on, come
1: on! I don't. I've got a, I've got a blue tick and everything, Reese. Well, you know, go to the doctors about that. Yeah, I uh, Well, and as everyone keeps pointing out, um, it's it's not a blue tick. It's a <laughs> white tick in a blue. Um, oh yes, background. very good Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. And everyone that oh. tweets me that gets muted.
10: Oh, Okay, yeah, that'll do. Right, that'll um, learn them. Uh, I must say as well, on this journey, which you know, I'm practically nearly home now. I'm glad you've also, been I company. Ever... <laughs> not yet, but I was listening to that conversation with you and Paul, thinking that I was on the air, oh. and I thought you were ignoring me. So I was <laughs> saying things and, and coughing extra loud until I suddenly realised, hold on, I'm not, oh. I'm not on this. Oh, bless you, mate. I'm not mate. on this. I'm, well, I'm, I'm sorry um, that hey, you're. Don't be sorry. Are you drunk? No, I'm not drunk, I've just finished the show. This feels... Well,
1: <laughs> so, oh, come on, listen, I, I've been in show business for many years and I performed <laughs> some of my best shows when I was drunk.
10: Uh, but this feels <laughs> like a drunk conversation. No, it, it it was, you know, lack of a better word, it was uh, my family are asleep, I don't want to bother my friends. Good for you. I'll call, talk radio and...
1: Good for you. Well, you know. I'm glad that we're serving some purpose, Reese. I'm going to cut you off now. No worries, there let me go. go. Um... We had to... That felt like a drunk conversation. Last night, if you missed last night's show, and I won't say which, which conversation, but there was one of them that felt very much like a cocaine conversation. Very much. If you've ever had a chat with, if you've ever been in the unlucky enough position to try and have a conversation with someone who's on con- on cocaine when you are not, there was a call last night that felt like a cocaine call to me. God dear, very dark vibe. Sally! <laughs>
13: Hello. <laughs> Hello, Sally. This isn't a cocaine call, is it? No, it isn't. Good. No, I was just reminiscing about last night. It was awful. Uh, what? That conversation last night. Which one are you talking about?
1: Because the there were several.
13: There were several
1: that were awful. The one where you couldn't get a word in. Oh, that one where. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, the one. Um, uh, you, you won't interrupt me, will you? No, I won't. And then, literally, seconds later, <laughs> interrupt him. What was that all about? I don't think he'd been listening for 10 years. I don't believe that.
13: No. I, no. My I've listeners my listeners
1: are much nicer than that.
13: Yeah, I've been listening for about, I don't know, about 12 years now.
1: Flipping X, stalker alert. Well, no. Well. Well. Well? No. No?
13: No. Is it? No. No? No. Okay, fine. <laughs>
1: That's fine, then. That's fine. Do you know any mundane places in rock and roll history?
13: Yeah, the pub that I can see from my house. Yeah? Uh, this, is the pub, Tone, where this is the
1: pub where the lesbian teachers got involved in a fight?
13: The the not-lesbian teachers, who were presumed to be lesbian, oh, the okay. teachers got... Yeah, called yeah. out. Yeah. It used to be the red line, now it's called the winning post. Yeah. And that's where the Rolling Stones were first selling their contract and used to play there.
1: Is it? Because I, I I've heard other pubs say that their their pub is where the Rolling Stones got together.
13: Well, my the, the pub yeah. is it, it it was going to be pulled down, but there was a whole um, petition thing for it to not be pulled down because of its musical historic... um oh, for goodness leg, um, Whatever you call it. L- leg end? W- no. The, the the fact that it was, you know, it was a place for where music, you know, Rolling Stones and all that. Yeah. So you can't touch it anymore. It won't be pulled down. <laughs>
1: well, OK. Well, it's going to stay... God damn it it's going to stay. Someone's just um Rob has just tweeted retweeted Ram Album Club right who's posted a picture of the street in London it's a little back alley where Bob Dylan filmed his um uh, subterranean homesick blues video. You'll have seen it. It's the video where the song's playing and he's holding um, bits of paper with the words yeah. on. right. and the mace man mixing up the matter. I'm looking at it. I've I've had a I think I've had a slash up there. I think I've had a wee <laughs> up that alleyway. I'm sure. It's in London. It's in London. It's, it's the back of a hotel, I think. Um, and I've had a wee up there. I definitely have. Johnny's in the basement, mixing up the medicine. <laughs> I'm in the basement. Ian's behind me, having a waz. I've done
13: a wee there. Excellent.
1: Lovely. Lovely days. Lovely days. I was
13: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the same feet horrible, because they really
1: are. Would you suck a man's toes, though? No. If you no. loved him. No. If you no. loved him, loved him, loved him, and he was like that, and he said, Dally, I want you to fuck my feet, baby. Would you... You'd do it. Cause honestly, no, because, honestly, it is... As, as, as an experience, as the receiver, it is, an, it is a mind-blowing experience. But feet are disgusting.
13: No. No. There's other things that you can suck that surely... Wow. So shows
1: your love she's first of all she said suck and secondly that was <laughs> yeah, but that's weirder right let's uh, okay adult conversation
13: yeah
1: so the thing that people walk on right yeah you wouldn't put that in your mouth no but the thing that you yeah. go to the toilet with you put yeah. that in your mouth outrageous Ooh. outrageous but you've got your priori- priorities are all screwy Ooh. Your wife's lucky then, isn't she? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I don't know what, where this conversation is going, and I, I suggest we abort the conversation immediately. All right, then. Immediately. Um, anything else, Sally, before I cut you off? Um, um no, no. No. All right, thanks for calling. Bye. Ta-ta! 03444991000. Alan Dennis, stay there. Come to you
2: after this. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night.
0: Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio.
2: We have ways of making you talk.
6: Dennis! Good evening, Ian. Good evening, young man. Now then, you're a Gemini. Yes, sir! Bloody hell, I hope you're not my bloody Gemini brother.
1: Well, I don't think it works like that. But other than, other than that, you must be a two-faced bastard like I am. I... You don't... But you don't give any credence to that hippy-dippy nonsense, do you? No. No? No, but Gemini's uh, have got two faces. No, they haven't. Yes? No, they haven't.
6: Yes. Sorry. No, they haven't. Well, I've seen two of yours.
1: That was that was I was uh, that was an unfortunate night. You caught me. You you burst into the room without knocking. (laughs) Um, No, come on. No one buys into um, uh, horoscopes anymore, do they? No, no. Don't do that. Rubbish.
6: Because mine would be a horoscope.
1: What? Oh, horror! Horror scope. Yeah. Horror. Anyway. Yeah. I'm half hot, Dennis. I'm really hot and tired tonight. Was, uh, Hello? I was going to make me mind up. I wasn't going to talk to you this year. Oh. I've decided against it. That's so kind of you.
6: No, oh, I know. I realise you're going to run from bright bunch of idiots on that one the other night, that were just talking about, it. it wouldn't get you the word in edgeways. But <laughs> <Plus, laughs> I've got a great and of respect for him if he could stop you talking.
1: Well, Dennis, uh, um you sound a bit grumpy tonight as well. I'm not grumpy, you I'm sound- lovely. sound a bit, gr- I know you're a bit I know you're lovely, but you sound a bit grumpy. No, no. Is it the is it the weather? We we what we need? The weather doesn't bother me because I don't go out of the house. No, but it can still have an effect on you. We need a really good thunderstorm. Yes. We need it. We need to uh, to clear the air because it's very close at the moment. Very close. Unfortunately, where we live, I uh, we get flooded. Well, So... Hey, guess what the weather's going to be like for most of next week in New York? As long as I get across to vote, I
6: don't care what it
1: does. Sunshine, baby! Till Thursday, then it rains. But up until then, it's hot and sunny in New York City.
6: Well, get across and
1: vote. Well, no, I will be here.
6: Luckily, my uh, voting station is just across
1: the road. Well, isn't that handy? I can stagger across there, no problem. Isn't that handy? Yes. I've still not decided if I'm going to vote. If you
6: don't vote, you can't kick. Sorry? If you don't vote, you can't kick the government. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Don't Is take a note because you've not made any an opinion of
1: them. Yeah, no, you can. No, no. Yeah, 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 if you don't vote, you're still allowed to- to express an opinion.
6: Yes. Yes? If you've not voted, you can't blame the government for anything. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you
1: can. No, you can't. Oh, cannot. yes, you can. No, you can't. Yes, you can.
6: No, you're an alien.
1: No, I'm not. You are. You don't need to be racist. I'm not being racist. You're just a bloody alien. If you don't vote, you're still allowed to criticise the government. No, I'm sorry.
6: You can criticise much, but it doesn't have any difference. You've not voted for them, so you've got no right to criticise. No,
1: you've no. I've, I've not voted oh, for them. I've got. It, I've got every right to criticise them. Hello. He's hung up. He hung up. <laughs> <laughs> He's hung up. If you don't vote, of course you're allowed to criticise the government. 03444 four nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Rick's on the line. Good evening, Rick.
14: Hello there. Hello, Rick. Um, so I'm phoning in because I, um, I, well, a couple of reasons, really. One is the uh, famous rock. Yes. Uh, location.
1: Mundane places in.
14: in rock and roll history. It's, it's not that mundane, but it's, it's well, I, I suppose it was. Well, I lived there. I lived in a little annex. Yes. Just off the um house where Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin recorded uh, most of Led Zeppelin well, 4. hang on but that was a recording studio so you lived in a recording no, studio No, it wasn't it wasn't no well, it was I, a, it was it was a country house in a place called Headley in Hampshire and goodness. they had the Rolling Stones um, mobile recording studio parked up out of front
1: I don't think that's mundane enough to go on the map. We're it's drawing too, up a too map good, of isn't it? it's. It it's is too, too good. good. That's that's classy. That's not mundane.
14: That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. I'm sorry, Rick. We um, cannot I, put that I, I, on the mundane map of rock and roll history. Well, well, I'll tell you the other one. I've got another mundane one. Yeah. Um, in the same little village, Headley in Hampshire, um, where I live. But at the time, I, when I was about fourteen, I think it was, I was yes. quite into aha, aha with a with a big band. Yes. And just coincidentally, I noticed in Smash It magazine one day what? that their fan club was the post office down the road from me. It was the post office? Yeah, it was Headley Post Office. Hadley Post Office was the AHA Headley, fan club? Head, yeah, Headley, Headley. Headley Post Office? Yeah, at the time, I think it was because they weren't that big. I mean, Take On Me had come out and maybe the son of... You know, the sun Away shines on TV. Maybe they come out. Well, surely that was but the peak. Was... Surely it was all downhill from there. Yeah, but I think I think then it probably moved. The thing is, I I tried to join the fan club. Yeah. By posting a letter just through the the um, door of the post office. Yeah. And I never got a reply. What? Well, absolutely. And I always sort of thought, as a kid, I always thought because uh, I didn't put a stamp on it. You know, it's because it through a post office and you're sort of.
1: House straight. If anyone knows,
14: someone will be listening, Rick. Who Honestly, Morton Har- Harkett lives somewhere in the area. He he, he no. flies hot air balloons around. Wait a minute, are you talking nonsense?
1: Morton Harkett lives in ha- near Hadley Post Office and flies well, hot air did, balloons. He, no, he
14: he did. He I don't know if he still does, right. but he used to when when our heart were famous. Yes, <laughs> he used to live somewhere around Headley. I think Passfield, Stanford, somewhere like that, little mm. village. I don't actually know where I'm talking about. No, I haven't got you. a clue, sort of, but I'm kind of going do you know along with it. know where Farnham is? Farnham in S- Surrey? In Surrey, no. Um, Guildford?
1: Um, not really. Is it near Swindon? No. Nah, I don't nah. know. I don't really know
14: places. If you head towards Portsmouth from London... Yes? You get about halfway. So it's near Southampton? No. Nah, okay, nah. I
1: don't know places. I really don't know places.
14: No, that's fair enough, that's fair enough. It's, it's, the, it's the sort of home count. Where does anyway, Morton
1: Harkett right? live now? Apparently he's a miserable so-and-so. i no know so so. where he
14: lives now, but he used to fly a hot-air balloon, a big blue hot-air balloon with AHA written on it. Yeah. And and he used to, you know, there was a van that used to chase him around the, the sort of country lanes. Ah. I... You know, chasing the hot-air balloon around to see where it landed so they could go and load it into this the van.
1: Is, you are blowing my mind with Morton
14: Harkett's... Yeah, Morton Harkett lives in the area. It's one of these little areas where, you know, Ro- Roger Taylor from Queen lives up the road.
1: Is there in, any in person... Sursley.
14: And he used to have parties, and people used to phone in the, the local paper and say that there's aliens around him cause
1: Is there any Roger person Taylor in pop music... Parties. Hello? Is there any person in pop or rock more miserable than Morton Harkett? I don't think so. Um,
14: I've, I've heard that he's a... I've heard that he's not a very nice person. Yeah,
1: yeah Morton Harkett. Uh, Rick, thank you for that. Always happy to chat. Aha, uh-huh. uh, c- can We've f- we got two phoners on the go here, guys. Phoners is radio slang for phoning subjects. They are... Alan, I'll come to you in a minute. Uh, mundane places in rock and roll. Uh, we're making a mundane map of rock. Um, I've got a map here, and I'm writing them all down. And um, it, can we find anybody in pop and rock who is more miserable... The Morton Harkett. 03444991000, Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Unmissable late-night radio with the original king of
0: unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late Nights, Ian
1: Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. That's exactly what Alan's done. Good evening, Alan. Alan. Good evening, Ian. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Alan. Oh, it's Alan! Alan, we spoke yesterday briefly. We did, mate, yeah, when you had had that idiot son who keeps on not letting you talk, mate. Sweet Lord. Um, Now, you were the fella. There's a weird echo on the line. What is that?
15: Hang on, I'll turn it down a bit. It's
1: all right, I've got my hands. Absolutely. Now, Alan, you were going to take your um, 16-year-old daughter and your 15-year-old nephew, have I got that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. To the Manchester concert on Sunday, and you were a mate. little bit apprehensive about it before you went, but you told us briefly last night it was a joy. I, I spoke to you off air and said, Can you call back again tomorrow if you get the chance, and we'll have a proper chat. Uh, it was a success, was it, for you?
15: It was fantastic, mate. I felt that safe, mate. It was unreal.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah.
15: Uh, they got all the armed police officers, they got security inside. It was absolutely amazing. I felt that safe. My um, me, me, me daughter took David down to the front of uh, the stage with his wheelchair Yeah. Uh, so, he could, uh, so he could be at the front. And I sat, I sat in my seat at the back, mate, so I was all right.
1: Beautiful, yeah, nice and comfy as well, as comfy as you can be in those seats at those big stadium yeah. events. Um, and it all went, so I, I didn't see any of it because I was working. Um, yeah, I know you were. Uh, but so so who was There was Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Miley Cyrus, yeah. Um, yeah. Ariana Robbie Grande, Williams. huh? Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams. Take that. Robbie
15: Williams. Take
1: that, yes. Liam. Liam, yes. Garriga, yes. I love the fact that Liam's the, Liam's having a pop at his brother online for not appearing. I don't I do think. Well, I don't yeah. think. He, I don't think he should have. You know, if he didn't want, it was his fiftieth birthday. If he didn't want to appear, I don't. You know, believe in forcing people to appear at no, these no, events. No, no, no. But I'm finding I mean, Liam was, very amusing. <laughs> yeah,
15: and Coldplay as well. They were absolutely phenomenal, mm. and Black Eyed Peas, of course, as well.
1: Without Fergie, the Black Eyed Peas are nothing to me, Alan. Yeah, I love her Lady Humps.
15: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Could you? Would you let her suck your toe then? Yeah, on Fergie, Fergie, Fergie. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> have, you, have you ever had anyone suck your toes, Alan? Uh, yes. What did you reckon? Mind blowing, isn't it? It's mind blowing.
15: But I tell you something else as well. Yeah, go on. You know when you were on about them little bitches in the
1: tank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't tell me that was mind blowing.
15: Right. <laughs> No, 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 I, I was actually in uh, Benidorm, Yeah. In Spain, and they still have them tanks, you know.
1: Oh, no, don't you get uh, diseases from them? I did it to the death. Oh, no, mate, because what they do is they'll go and eat someone's foot who's got, like, yeah. you know, like, disease, then the fish yeah. catch the disease and they give it to you.
15: Well, I, I tried it. This is going
1: back about five years ago. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still okay. <laughs> well, no, but in that case, you survived it. Um, Yeah, I survived it. And uh, was that as mind-blowing as having um, Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas suck your big toe? No, no,
15: no, no, no. It was just like them settling you. I mean, I'd rather have Fergie
1: suck my big toes. Steady, (laughs) steady, steady. Um, But so all it was a good night. um, Are are the kids still talking about it? They must be.
15: Oh, yeah. I was actually on TV as well. Oh. I I, I got interviewed by Central News. You
1: weren't dancing with the copper, were you?
15: No, oh. no, no. I was up just on before the copper. But I was
1: interviewed by Central News. Oh. Yeah, it was great. <sighs> I enjoyed it, mate. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Well, I know you were a little bit apprehensive about it, but well done for taking the kids. As I said to you off-air yesterday when we spoke briefly. Well, that's uh, right. Memories. Like You've I created said, memories like, there, Alan.
15: Yeah, but like I said to you, Ian, I'd have got them children out yeah. no matter what, if yeah. anything had gone off, Ian.
1: You're a good man, Alan. Thanks for calling back, brother. Take care. Okay, take care, mate. There Bye-bye. we go. What a nice man. Memories, you see? Creating memories for the kids. That's what it's all about. Creating memories for the kids. I got sent a very weird picture today, my five-year-old. Well, he looked naked in it. Um, playing the piano. Apparently he had his swimming trunks on. I don't know why. But just sat there at the piano and his trunks concentrating really hard i make them make them rehearse 10 minutes practice 10 minutes a day um and uh, because they've been having piano lessons for a while and they've been you know it's it's all right they're all right we bought i I bought a cheap piano ages ago you get pianos for pennies right and you just need to pay a bit of money to get them kind of all done up and stuff so i bought a cheap piano and um the the boys started having lessons yeah they were kind of you know they were okay it was good and then literally two weeks ago I said, right, i tell you what, what, what I, bought, I bought a 10-minute egg time. I said, we're going to do 10 minutes a day. So what we're going to do, 10 minutes a day. And the improvement in, the, in two weeks is incredible. It's phenomenal. Honestly. Outrageously good. I love it. And so now I get the boys phoning me up and playing the piano down the phone. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Hey, there's a strange um, picture. Well, strange. I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say sad, because that's a bit patronising. Did, did anyone go and see Phil Collins uh, uh, at the weekend? Because Phil Collins was playing. I thought he'd done these concerts. Uh, did anyone go and see Phil Collins on s- 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 Sunday? Because there's some pictures of him in the Express. He's on. He's got a walking stick. He looks awful. He looks, uh, look at this, Periscopers, can you see that? He looks awful. Phil Collins defies the pain as he slowly hobbles on stage, aided by a walking stick for his first tour in a decade. The 66-year-old singer who had a back opera, I'll come to you in a minute, Pat. 0344 499 who had a back operation two years ago, spent the entire concert at the Royal Albert Hall in London on Sunday sitting down. He looks um He looks terrible. Um and I I kinda quite like I've got a soft spot for Phil Collins. Um he's not He's not dressed up for it either. He's he's wearing like blue slacks, blue t shirt and a blue shirt and trainers. I mean The star announced his retirement in 2011 after nerve damage left him unable to play the drums. Who does he look like? That picture. He looks like a really old version of Don't Get Done, Get Dom. Um, he looks like um uh no, oh, Mr. Magoo. I can do it better, than Mr. Magoo. No, oh, Mr. Magoo. No, oh, Mr. Oh, Mr. Magoo. I can't do it. Um, the star announced his retirement. He revealed last year he planned to go back on tour. He had hoped to be back on his feet for the shows as he returned to the stage for the first time since reuniting with his Genesis bandmates in 2007. But he spent the evening seated or leaning against a piano. Um, one fan said, It was sad to see him sitting down, but his voice is still amazing. Uh, if anyone, oh, three, four, 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 and Oh, Mr. Magoo. Um, Pat! Hi! Hey Pat, are you a fan of Phil Collins? Yeah, he's great. We look a little bit alike each other. Do you? Yeah. Who, what is your favourite Phil Collins song?
10: Um, um, it's probably the one that he did with the animals in Disney. What one was, what one was that? Circle of Life. Okay, that,
1: Okay. I think you might be thinking of Sir Elton John or Sir Tim Rice. No, he
10: did a Disney song, Ian. Okay, sure. So some of your your thousands of listeners will know who it is. What it is, I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm only good at listening to TV theme tunes. My
1: favourite Phil Collins song, as you asked.
10: Mm. Yeah, yes. What's your
1: favourite Phil Collins song? I'm glad you asked, Pat. It goes like this. So take a look at me now. It's just an empty space. You didn't bet against the yard, do, 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 do. So take a look at me now. I love a good shouting song. I'd like to take a look at you now. Oh, cheeky! I know. Steady.
10: I'm I'm exhausted. What have you been doing, Pat? Well, basically, I got the phone call from uh, Terry, who who is the director of the Pearly Players. Yes. Uh, You know, I didn't get Billy Elliot.
1: Oh, I know that. And and we are still recovering from uh, uh, the shock
10: of that, Pat. It was awful. But I tried my best. He just said, I'm just a bit too old to play Billy. What are you, 37? And the rest. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> and um, I, so, so what uh, what happened is he said, "I've got something for you, Pat." Oh. I know not like that though. Steady. And he said, yes. He said, "We're doing a summer variety show." Oh, hey, that's good. Um, and he said, "Would you like to do something?" And I, I thought, "Gosh, what could I do?" Yeah. So I thought I'd do ribbon twirling. Sir, so? ribbon twirling is
1: that still a thing? Because that was that was big in the seventies. Yeah. Yes, I was big in. The 70s. Oh, you're big now, I believe. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're big in the arse. But, um, steady. Oh. Sorry, you made me chuckle. Oh, mega-wolf. I'm really, well, that's, I've, I, as long as I make one person chuckle a day, Pat, I can go to bed and sleep happily.
10: You made me do a mega lols. Oh, mega-lols. lols. Rolf from
1: the floor. Rufflecopter. Oh. D- <laughs> Is that what he did? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> These stars in the 70s. Anyway. I know. Right, so I thought...
10: Yes. I wondered whether you would just tell me what you think of my ribbon twirling. Um, are you going to do it now? Yes. It's going to be tricky for me to judge. Why? It's visual. Well, yeah, but you're... Can you hear this? Look, it's my ribbon. Oh, oh, listen, just give us... Just give us a couple of seconds. You're more than welcome to hang oh, up okay. if you're bored. But this is tricky. I've oh, now, now he tells me. Okay, yes. I've got new orthopedic boots, so this isn't going to be easy. Is? Okay. Right. So I'm just putting you on speaker. Is that okay. That's okay, Pat. Away
1: you go, Pat Ribbon Twirling live on Talk Radio. One
10: sec. Can you hear me? Just,
1: unfortunately, yes. Oh, hang on, Ian. One sec. Is your mum there? No, she's at the cinema. Okay. Watching Wonder Woman.
10: Right, okay. Here we go. Can can you hear this? I've got to be careful. It's a very small flat, Ian. Okay, Pat. I I made it out of basically, I've used my dad's old tie and a belt, but you'll get the idea. Okay. Okay, ready? Go. Right, here goes. Have a bit of music,
1: Ian. Do you you want me to? Are you going to play the music?
12: there oh. goes my three willy bit
5: off
12: Hello
10: Pat, are you okay? Yeah, but I just bashed
5: the light in the thing
10: Pat, are you okay, Pat? Hello? Yeah, Pat, are you alright? Well, I've broken some bad mums out. Okay, I'm... I can I take your speaker? Okay, Pat. Yes, I've just, um, yeah, I've just broken a lot of things. here. Oh, I think you need to
1: practice somewhere a little bit bigger. Maybe practice outside. Okay. Do you think... Yeah, I think you should practice outside, Pat. do you think it's got it's got it's got legs? Um, it's got something, Pat. It's definitely got something. It's it's unique. I can
10: say that with my
1: hand on my heart.
10: Mm. Okay. I, I do you know what though Ian? Yeah. And all the times I've rung you mm. I've never had a chance to say goodbye. And Okay.
1: 0344 is the telephone number if you want to uh, uh uh give me a call. Uh you can I'd love to hear from you if you went saw Phil Collins. I got I'm not you know, I'm not a Phil Collins fan, but I've got a soft spot for Phil Collins. Take a look at me now! Um, uh, here we go. T- Collins, who had more UK top 40 singles than any other artist of the 80s, made his solo debut with the 1981 album Face Value. Uh, his hits include... I can feel you coming in the air tonight Oh, Lord, easy lover and some other songs. I can't remember the tunes too. Um, So there's uh, that. Uh, you're listening to Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Don't forget, guys, so many ways you can um, listen to the show. You can uh, listen on DAB. You can download the Talk Radio app. We're about to go to the boring news. While the news is on, why don't you... It'll be boring. Ugh, death and boring than a sport. Um, so while that's on, uh, why don't you get your phones out of your pockets or out of off your bedside tables and download the Talk Radio smartphone app available for Android and proper phones. Um, and you can also, dear listener, get the uh, uh, Ian Lee Daily Best Of podcast. And someone um cheekily said online, uh, looking forward to uh, hearing uh, Richard Herring... Well, we'll be able to get the gist of the conversation. Now, the podcasts are only half an hour long. And both Kath and I replied at the same time, yes, because he spoke for less than 30 minutes. So there'll be two podcasts there'll be a Best Of, and then there'll be the Richard Herring one, and that'll be out there. Um, and if you do download it from iTunes, I know some of you absolutely detest iTunes. Almost, uh, 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 I, I don't understand the hatred for them. When I was young... Um, Apple was seen as the alternative, was seen as... For some reason, you guys hate it. Well, that's fine. But if you do download it from iTunes, please leave a review... Please give us five stars. Please just type in a few words saying this is brilliant because it all helps us get more people to see it. And if it's got lots of stars and lots of reviews, then people who are taking a punt might have a little listen. Oh, um, uh, remind, uh, yeah, but remind me, I'll tell you that. No, I'll tell you now. When we go to New York, there are two podcasts that you have to listen to as your homework. Two podcasts. Okay. Mave in America with Maeve Higgins, M-A-E-V-E, Maeve in America, and Keith and the Girl, okay? They're brilliant. They're completely different. Um, Keith and the Girl is quite sweary and quite shouty, but it's very, very funny. They're both going to be guests on my show, and I'm going to be a guest on an episode of Keith and the Girl. So the, the two podcasts you need, Maeve in America, M-A-E-V-E in America, and Keith and the girl, Keith and the girl is, I believe, n s f w. ok, guys, you got it? Good. Another hour of this to go, dear listener, o three, four 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 nine nine one thousand. late nights with Ian Lee on talk radio.
0: Late nights, Ian Lee on talk radio.
2: We have ways of making you talk.
1: The monkeys. I'll tell you why that song's in the back of my head at the moment, because I I know you don't like me going off on The monkeys too much, dear listeners, so indulge me for a second. I've I've been listening to Mike Nesmith has written an autobiography, and I kind of use that term very loosely, Um, and I downloaded the audio version of it. It's it's about ten and a half hours long. Flipping at his voice, oh man! You could you just want to fall asleep in his voice. It's delicious, absolutely delicious, and I'm loving it as a book. It's there's two chapters about um how he basically had a crush on Jack Nicholson. I mean, it's brilliant. He did. He had a proper, you know, he doesn't. He, he said it wasn't sexual, but he was attracted to him. And he was hanging out with Jack Nicholson, you know, before Jack Nicholson became Jack Nicholson. Um, and it's just, and he had a little bit of a crush on Jimi Hendrix, and it's brilliant, absolutely. Absolutely brilliant, and I'm, 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 ah oh man, I love the man so much. He's, he was going to come on this show, and then he did, and and yeah, these things happen. Um, this is Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Now next week, Catherine and I, Sunday in fact, we fly out to New York City, um, and um, we're doing shows from a pizza restaurant, from um, a radio station, and from a studio that we're borrowing. We need to find a couple of other locations, and we are talking to all kinds of people. I've told you you need to listen to Maeve in America it's brilliant and Keith and the Girl, it's brilliant also hopefully speaking to Richard Bacon to John Ronson to Imani Coppola to uh, the Bowery Boys that's another podcast you need to listen to Steve Gutenberg and uh, fingers crossed if if we can if we can pull it off we'll be speaking to Mr Craig
8: Bierko who I believe is on the line now hey man how are hey, you doing I'm doing great I'm tra- right now I've got my girlfriend on an iPad she's hiding in her her girlfriend's kitchen because what? she's threatened to kill me. Well, hang on a but second. We're on you, the radio, you've not found a up. She's not literally Nobody's threatening to kill you. you, is
1: she? She's not literally threatening to kill you.
8: Well, it's been a short while. I can't imagine it will be long until she literally threatens to kill me.
1: Wowzers! You, you,
8: you, now, yeah. is she American no, or is she British? she's british but wow. she has an american streak of violence <laughs> uh, she's uh, you'll meet her she's she's about an inch and a half tall i think technically an insect wow i don't know that she i think she's got those um like a few of her organs are probably multi organs you know like the, they have the, the multi-organ thing off. yeah 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 but why is she hang on a minute what, what's her name her her name is I'm proud to tell you her name is is Frances Rafael. Frances Rafael, you know stop her. hiding.
1: Stop hiding on the iPad woman. Come on.
8: No, she won't oh, you know you know how the ladies are. Well, I don't They've gotta present themselves. But but do you do you know who she is? She was the original Eponine in a show called Les Miserables. That's uh, French for the miserable. They, it is. I've, and that was
1: she did a. That, she didn't
8: she do a Eurovision Song Contest entry for us as well? Yes, and she did. Yes, and she did a song when you people were all losing football games, and she actually brought you back to the European. <laughs> I think she just turned me off. She just, <laughs> did I just? can so you break up that way? Can, your ex. Can you, can your
1: ex girlfriend <laughs> uh, was uh, <laughs> a famous actress. Is now your
8: ex. <laughs> She's extraordinary. Although I didn't get to see her do Eponine. I was, I I hadn't been born yet, but I understand she was, no, I'm actually older than she is. But um, I believe, Yes. uh, I'm partial, but I believe that she set the standard. And I believe when they did the original French concept album, she was, she was the voice. She's been doing it from the very beginning.
1: Wow. Are you
8: familiar with the show?
1: I saw Les Mis on a school trip about I was I was 17 so that is like 28 I sort about 28 years ago
8: Oh okay so a, right.
1: a long time so I'm I, I'm a, I of course we all know I dreamed a dream which is which um
8: I I'm happy. Which wasn't her song No well, it I, wasn't I, but I'm happy it, her song was on my own and she just did a new version of it which is beautiful it actually turns into like a duet song She's brilliant and but, it's but, sickening But cowardly How brilliant she Don't is. you
1: hate talented people uh, Craig
8: uh I, well, I'm a Jew and I hate myself, so oh, in a way, man. I feel like I'm calling myself talented. <laughs> you is are that, talented that,
1: according according, that, according to the <laughs> internet, you are um um the sexiest Broadway star of two thousand.
8: Yes, well, that you know what they tell you, and that's scientifically verifiable. Yeah. By the way, I, oh. I can show you the numbers. Yeah, this, you know, I was—it says I was the sexiest man on Broadway, but that I was the most awkward man on Sixth Avenue. <laughs> I can show you everything. I'll show I'll, when you come here. When you, I can't wait to meet you. By the way, are we de- are, really are we definitely meeting? Because
1: we've been kind of vaguely
8: messaging. Listen, me and Craig and I
1: kind of share an interest in that we both, for some reason, we are men of a certain age, but we are obsessed with the monkeys. Craig is probably the only person I've ever spoken to who's who's as equally as obsessed as I am. Uh, so we kind of Isn't message right? each other. Yeah, man, we we both you know. Yes. Um, and we awkwardly message each other, but this is the first time we've ever spoken. But are, we, <laughs> are we are we doing it on national radio? Are we definitely meeting next week?
8: Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and and you know what's really funny is I haven't been to uh, England since I was in high school. Yeah, so this is going back three and four years. Hey, and uh, and, oh, hey. Hey. and I and I so I but I'm gonna we're gonna go back to London to visit, and uh, oh, we're gonna go down to Penzance and uh, Cornwall. Watch out for those and, pirates, uh, there, Craig. Uh, I know, and uh, well, she's gonna, I don't know, you know. Something upon the something i don 't know what the names that you guys have they they're all every every place you go it 's a patter song
1: yeah yeah oh yeah totally totally we're and we're all when you go to london it 's going to be all cockneys um with their thumbs behind oh, their I braces, you know the pearly uh, kings I Scott, and queens. Man
8: what's that the pearly kings and queens and fish and chips and all of that oh well i'll go i'm fr- you know i'm in the theater i'll be friendly towards anybody yeah, you know of course.
1: um listen when we come to I, I, when we come to america um i, I i'm a big fan well, of
8: coffee do you have do you have starbucks over there are you kidding do, do you guys sta- i go to a well i go to a place um that's that's called kika that's where i go every morning i'll take you there that's very very good cuz you should try something different i, I think it's good uh, but we have Starbucks, and we have a Starbucks app that actually starts buzzing in your pocket <laughs> when you're near one. So every time you walk near, I carry my phone in my front pocket, and every, can I speak slightly blue? You could near, be slightly blue, yeah, go on. Okay, every time I walk past a Starbucks, it feels like my penis is farting. <laughs> so and that's that, how I know, Yeah. that's, that's how I know. That's how I know it. it's coffee time. And here's something, something he, sub- by coincidence, I
1: Craig. Starbucks. We have other
8: So yeah. Go. go I'm gonna i was going to say Starb- Starbucks
1: is Starbucks is actually French for farting penis. Is that right? That is I'm write true. that down.
8: That is true. Yes. So that's a. That's why it does that. You know what? It doesn't sound so fun when you look at it in words. It's actually kind of lovely. <laughs> um, now, what else are you going to do? Uh, in New York. I'm very excited that you're coming. We
1: are, we're busy. We're gonna, we're, um, we've got loads of guests. we got, I said we're gonna meet Steve Gutenberg. We've got Imani Coppola. We've got John Ronson. We've got Richard Bacon. We've got, um, Maeve. We're gonna meet, um, Kenny Kramer, who is the guy that Kramer the is based on. Kramer, the original sure. Kramer from yeah. Seinfeld. There's also a guy, I've, I've got his address, but I, I don't have his number. So we're gonna try and go and meet him, who's, um, he's, he's turned his house into a museum. And he kind of just hangs out outside, and you can go up to him and say, that's "My
8: uncle." <laughs> Where is it? Is it is it London? I mean, it is London. Is it in Brooklyn? Where is it?
1: Um, do you know what I've got the um, I've got the address written down somewhere? No,
8: no I All don't. All right. Well, anyway, let's that he's turned his house into a museum. And what kind of museum is it? Just like he collects like junk. <laughs> that's it. he collects
1: junk, and it, but it, but like he's a hoarder. Over here, we'd call him a Mister Trebus, but it's 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 a tough one to explain. Um, And and he just he's just got loads of stuff, and you're allowed to kind of walk around, and it's not for sale. But if you're nice, he tends to um, he'll just say, "Here, why don't you take this?" And he gives you gifts. Oh,
8: that's interesting. Well, there's a right right a couple of blocks away from me. There's a store if you like that kind of thing. There's there's a store. He just goes around the world, and he uh, he's the son of a multi-billionaire. And for the, his entire life, he's been going around the world and just collecting stuff. But all of it's fascinating. And I live in an apartment, and that's where I got everything from. From this guy's I mean, house? It, it, oh, it's, well, this guy does, This guy's not crazy. Right, he okay. actually has a business. Oh, he, okay. has a, he has a storefront. The guy you're talking about is crazy. I would say I'm sure you'll be fine, but I think there's like a 98% chance of you being walking out of there alive
1: this. Okay, well, I'll send Kath in first and see how it goes.
8: Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. we'll no, and, and what were you, you? You asked me if we, if if I could take you someplace noisy. I live in Chelsea, so any place is noisy. Hey, Chelsea
1: was. Uh, uh, Chelsea was kind of hip in the '60s, wasn't it? All, all my New York references are from the '60s and from the Cafe Wa. And um, you yeah, know, the Love in Spoonful thing. and oh, Bob I'll Dylan take
8: you down there. You'd love it down there. Yeah, we just had a lovely dinner across the street from the Cafe Wa, my favorite restaurant. Uh, just let me say it uh it's uh, and you should go there the best it's my favorite in New York. Yeah. But it's uh, it's uh, the Minetta Tavern. The Minetta. I hope I get a free dinner. Yes, the Minetta Tavern. I'm writing it down. But What's you, happening? Yeah, M I N E T T A Tavern. Yeah. Right. And then we don't put an E at the end of it like you, we don't get all old-timey. Hey, listen, mate, it's, it's
1: our language. We write and spell it how we want to, and then you Americans take out the letters that you don't use. We okay. know how it I'll works. I'll give you
8: that. I'll give you that. The, the F thing as an S worked out well. That wasn't confusing. No. And also, thanks for Wednesday. <laughs> a car, uh, that car crash in the middle of that word. <laughs> and also, it's our Brexit. Okay, so stop claiming that Hang on, what we you mean, did that. Well, you—you didn't do anything. I thought the Russians did it. Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about history. See, I talk loud, and people just tend to believe me. How, but yeah, I, if you point out facts, I'm—I'm I'm almost never. How's—how's—how's
1: right. how's, how's your president doing? That's—that's—that's that's, um, that's great fun watching from over oh, here.
8: He's a winner. Yeah, he's a winner, isn't he? He's—he he's... alienated us from the entire world.
1: <laughs> no one likes you anymore because of him.
8: It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean. It is absolutely ridiculous, and it's uh, – I'm trying to think of, of, of who – because I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty good with uh, – now, isn't this interesting? My girlfriend's trying to FaceTime me knowing I'm on the phone with it's you. unbelievable. Your ex-girlfriend is do?
1: trying to get back to you.
8: No, it's – well, will you t- you're going to have to fix this when you get back. She's absolutely adorable. I'll sort it out. Don't uh, worry. We. We'll fix this. She's adorable. I carry her around like a big pen. She's tiny. <laughs> she fits.
1: She rides in the turn-ups of your trousers.
8: She's oh, as you know, what you should do. Yeah. There's a song that she sings that is actually from the era that we love. Yeah. Uh, that Nancy Sinatra did. It's called Paris Summer. Oh yeah. And it's beautiful. She does it with. She does it with another guy named Rowan. And I. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forget his name escapes me. But you would love that song because it has that feel to it.
1: I'm going to dig it out, now, definitely.
8: And, and we're trying to, we're, and we're looking through music because we want to sing together. But first, what we've got to do is get back together again. <laughs> you're going to have to work that out. <laughs> Listen,
1: I wouldn't worry about Trump. You're, you're all going to get nuked soon anyway. So uh, you know, it's it's game over for America.
8: Uh, you know what it is? Is he is? Um, I I've, I've dealt with this too. Uh, have you ever met like a classic? Malignant narcissist. There's you know, no variation. Yeah, yeah. There's no. Uh, I mean, who said it best? We have a, 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 a journalist over here. His name is George Will. He's he's conservative, but he said he said it the most accurately I've ever said is he doesn't know how to think.
5: Yeah, and that's the truth. Beautiful. That, that's because, a beautiful yeah, no, line.
8: Because it is really true. It, it, we, everybody's trying to explain, like. Well, what does he mean when he says... He doesn't mean anything. He doesn't know how to think. He hasn't gotten to square one yet. Um, he has no impulse other than to, like, feed his ego. That's all he's doing.
1: He's coming and, over here in and October, also, and boy, oh, boy, we're, we're ready
8: for him. <laughs>
1: That's going to be fun. I heard
8: about that. That's going to well, be fun. He want, didn't he demand to be... Didn't he demand to be... Uh, he wanted to ride the open carriage and that long ride to Windsor Castle.
1: Yes, he did. I live near Windsor Castle, so I'll be there. I'll be there. Oh,
8: isn't that... Wouldn't it just be a population of rifles? <laughs> and I'm not suggesting anything. I don't want the don't, CIA don't, in my house. Don't
1: do that. Who was that woman who got in trouble for holding... Um... His bloody head. What well, was that comedian that got? Um, oh,
8: the... Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Kathy so Griffin. yeah.
1: So I don't want to encourage anyone to bring. We don't have rifles. I well, you know it, what Craig. I did. I,
8: if you don't. It, oh, here's the thing. I wanted to yell at you about. I was trying to remember. Oh Kathy yeah, yell away. Go on. I wanted to yell at you first of all. Worst magoo I've ever heard. But you must have heard that before.
1: Hey, Mister Magoo. I can. Do, I used to be able to do a magoo. You do you know, it better.
8: I tell then? you what. It sounds like you have your own sweater in your mouth. You
10: <laughs> You do, you do so magoo better. Hey, I'm uh, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Hey, anyway, hey, about
8: uh, hey, Mr. Mr. You know, Mr. There you go, it's all right. This is an all
1: impression right. for the kids. <laughs> People under the age of forty going, what the hell are these two men
8: doing? I think they both uh, had a stroke. I both had a stroke. <laughs> and, and what was the other thing? Now doing that, I've forgotten the other. Good,
1: thing. that was my distraction technique. We might have just
8: been talking about it, but that was that's enough abuse for one night. Craig, but, um, go away.
1: Yes. Um, uh, fix it up with your um, did girlfriend. You go, did you just say go away? Yeah, yeah, go away, go away. Ah. Fix it up. Ah. F- fix it up with your girlfriend so that you're nice and friendly when we come over. I'll send you. I'll a bit I later will. in the week. I'll I'll will sort will out a day.
8: And will um, you listen, Will you do me a favor? You know what? I I will email to it, it, to you tonight. Yeah, it's a great video too. Paris it. summer. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. Do it. We'll play it. And, we'll um, play it. T- we'll
1: play it tomorrow. Send it to me tonight. I'll play it tomorrow.
8: Oh wonderful, wonderful. Uh, and you'll and, and we're joking, of course. She's trying to call me because she probably lost the uh, reception over at her friend's house. She's over at her friend's house. Um, and uh, She wants to sort I, out I the return of London. her off, And the week after you're here, I'm gonna be over in London.
1: Oh for goodness sakes, man, stop so, following me. It's this is just getting beyond. I know, that's craze. kind of eerie. I hate it I when know. these it's I hate fun it we have when these handsome American actors start following me around, I've had it with with Richard Gere, I've had it with Redford, and now I've got Beuca doing exactly the same waiter thing. S-
8: timely references and wait till you see me without my elaborate network trusses <laughs> and ace bandages.
1: I'm looking forward to um, seeing you next I'm week I'm
8: really looking forward to it. I, I, you're a great comfort at, late at night. I love to listen to your show. I'm mm. familiar with, with with it and and uh it's one of my favorites. Bless you. And uh I I can't wait to meet you, and I I hope I can show you some of New York. It it used to be a great city in what used to be a country.
1: (laughs) Craig, I look forward to meeting you, mate. Thank you so much for calling. Lovely to talk to you.
8: I'll talk to you soon. See you later on.
1: There we go. What a nice man, Craig Björko. You'd have seen him in loads of pieces. He was in Sex in the City and all kinds of stuff. Thank you for that, Craig. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to hearing that song. Patrick, stay there. Come to you after this.
2: The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night.
1: Late night,
2: Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
1: I'm excited about New York now. We're writing down the names of restaurants we're going to. We're also going to see John Ronson and Mae Higgins doing a show. Um, we, hopefully, we might be appearing as, well, we're going to be appearing as guests on, um, a show on WFMU, we're just sorting out which one, loads going on, man, I'm going to be a guest on Keith and the Girl, which I'm, I'm, do they think I'm somebody, because I'm very nervous about it. they have proper people on there. Anyway, it's Patrick! Ian! Big up yourself, Patrick. How you doing? I'm alright, thanks mate, what you got for us? Right, uh,
16: no, no, before I talk about Phil Collins, yes. um, that monkey song that you played just after the news. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I've heard about I've heard about three or four times, but only on your programme. Yeah, it's it's Beautiful, absolutely isn't it? stunning.
1: Me and Magdalena written by um, Ben Gibbard. Ben, it, ben who Ben Gibbard, right? Right
16: from, from the Death Postle Cab Service. for Cutie. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. remember you mentioning that before. Yeah, I was surprised, but they're not surprised because mm-hmm. it's a good song, isn't it? has got, got and and it's the, one of those songs that sort of reinvigorates and reinforces. The first time I heard
1: that, it, there's song. the line about. Um, uh, of course, I can't remember it now. Um, when you look, you see the eyes of a long-lost father. Oh, man, it gets me every yeah. single time, man. It gets me every single time. Uh, <sighs> anyway, were you up Phil Collins? No, God, no. Oh.
16: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I remember um, last uh, last October... Is, is the phone line OK? Uh, yeah. OK, good. Um, last October, he did this press conference at the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. That was um, presented by... Uh, uh, Jules Holland. Oh yes. And it was to advertise this not dead yet tour that he's doing now. Yes. And um and he sort of shuffled up onto the stage this oh. sort of decrepit. He oh, does look in the pictures he looks terrible, man. yeah. And and he, and he was and he was sort of bloated and overweight and he was wearing this this old um you know walking stick. and He was limping and he had this God, old him. baseball cap on and this scruffy polo shirt on and a pair of elasticated tracksuit bottoms (laughs) and what looked like a pair of sort of velcro built up orthopaedic shoes
1: yeah well yeah
16: And, and, and I thought and, and he, did, he looked awful, and I thought you're meant to be selling yourself, Phil. Because when I think of Phil Collins, I think of him running in circles around a big revolving stage singing studio. But if
1: he's right, and you've described, he, he kind of looks similar to that in his pictures. But it, 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 here's the thing: if if you can't walk properly, then it's really easy to put on weight. And so I, the, the weight thing, and I've got a problem with that. But yeah, you're right. The, it, it, I mean, he's wearing slacks and. A, a t-shirt and a shirt, and he's, and you kind of think, mate, you haven't played live for ten years. You yeah. know, you at least get a get a smart suit or get 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 a look.
16: <laughs> Don't <laughs> look like, like you just come he, out he of the care exactly home for the like, day. He looked exactly like one of the the, the, the men you see hanging around um, Harlow Weatherspoons on a weekday morning. Yeah, at I, at I,
1: I know it's, it's a cruel you know description, but you know what? It's a fair description. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I mean, I, if he's struggling with his, I mean, he's hes obviously uncomfortable and in a lot of pain. Um, so I, I feel sorry for it. I've got a begrudging respect for Collins. Uh, you, you hate know, him, I, don't I, I, you, Patrick? I, I beg your pardon? You hate him. You, you're you not the fella that stole his wife, are you? No, <laughs> that, that was a builder. It was a builder, wasn't it? It was a, it was a builder, was it? Yeah. Okay, right, okay. But, uh,
16: but uh, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, I think Phil Collins is, um... As far as his solo work goes, yes. It, by and large, it's awful. But uh, Face Value, his first, album, su-
1: su- Studio.
16: No, that's not on Face Value. No,
1: but it's a it's a good song.
16: Uh, it's okay, but Face Value as an album it is, is is genuinely great. No,
5: I'm not. I'm it's not, a great
16: I'm record. Probably it's not. It, it, it. Sort of. It's a great record all the way through, and then it finishes with a, a terrible cover version of Tomorrow Never Knows.
1: Yeah, he does do that. Yeah. That is what can only be described as a stinker. It is. Yes, that is a stinker. But I, you know, I've I've got a soft spot for Collins. I feel I I feel some kind of connection with the man. I don't know why, and I think we should all respect him a little bit more than we do.
7: Do you know uh, what? Do you uh, know what I'm doing, Patrick?
1: Um, while I'm talking to you, I beg your pardon. Do you want to know what I'm doing while I'm talking to you? Yeah, uh, please. Yeah, I'm fingering. Um Sergeant Pepper. I'm I'm online and I'm, Have you Just bought a box set. No. I
16: I've, I've got it. What the which one? The super, de, the super deluxe the, right. the 100 pound boy.
1: Here's cuz cuz it's sold yeah. out now and it's now of course now it's I don't even like Sergeant Pepper. Now it's sold out I'm thinking, oh I wish I bought it. Um but are you ever going to listen to the other discs? Well, that's what I bought it for. Yeah, but are you ever going to listen to them more than once?
16: Uh Possibly, no. But no. It doesn't do you know? What, I mean, materialistically, the box set isn't worth hundred and nine pounds or whatever I paid for it. But it's, um, you know, I'm, I've got a, I'm, I've got a soft, have got a real weakness when it comes to buying music and, and books and things like that. So I have for the Beatles. I've got yeah. a weakness
1: for the Beatles, and this one thing, it just isn't doing it for me. Yeah. It's a hundred and ten quid. No, no, put it away, boy. Put it away, boy. Put it away. Put it away.
16: No. I was going to ask you something else, actually. Yeah, go I, on. I've just remembered. You reminded me. Um, I know you don't like Pet Sounds, but I, I, no, I,
1: I do. don't. I, I, I don't. I don't hate it, but I don't. It's, it's okay. certainly not the Beach Boys' best record
16: by a long, oh, no, long no, Okay. Right. Well, I um, I've, I've, I've been eyeing up. There's, there's, there's a fiftieth anniversary box set edition. Yes. Isn't there? But there's also the um, the Pet Sounds sessions box set, isn't there? I've
1: got I've got both of those. Yes
16: the difference is there stuff on the 50th anniversary edition that's not on the no. pet sound sessions no, no I, d- or- I
1: off the top of my head i don't think there is no there might be I, I i there might be a new stereo mix but you don't really want to listen to it in stereo i, okay. I think it's all on the speech boys but the pet sound sessions is, is a great box set yeah yeah
16: yeah. get that okay i'll get the I mean, that's a, a considerably cheaper now, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Get, get, hang on a minute. Let's have
1: a look. Let's, let's, yeah. let's have a look. Excuse us geeking out, guys. Pet yeah. Sounds, Sessions, um... It's... Mate, mate, you can get it for less than
16: 30 quid. I know, yeah. i have been eyeing it up for a while, but... Get then I saw the, the 50th anniversary box set. No. No, I, think okay. I won't bother.
1: Thanks, Patrick. Bye!
16: Bye. There we go, you see?
1: 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, last thirty minutes of the show, late nights with Ian Lee on talk radio. Unmissable
0: late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation.
1: Make contact with Ian Lee.
0: Late night Ian Lee on talk radio. We'll get you talking.
9: Um.
1: Yes, Paul. Hi. Is it possible to speak, Cat? To Why? Am I on air? Yes. No, it's not possible to speak to Kath.
9: Okay, well, I wanted to say it because... All right, I'll say it, okay. You might not believe me, but it's true. You want to see Alice's Adventures underground, yeah?
1: Well, yeah, but in all honesty, I don't know when I'm going to be able to go.
9: Okay, well, fair enough. But all I can say is... It is kind of private, but I'll say it. Alexander Wolf, who plays and writes the music in it. Yeah. You heard of Alexander Wolf? that yeah.
1: does
9: it? Uh, no. Well, he performs in it and he writes all the music. He's he a singer-songwriter in his own right. OK, yes. He has been a... He's a close personal friend of mine and he has CPF. been for about the last 10, 12 years. Yes. And I, when he first died out in his first band, oh. I was his guitar technician. Wowzers. And I could quite easily get hold of him. And if you wanted a couple of free tickets to, to maybe take you and your children, oh, I wouldn't think it would be very difficult for me to organise.
1: Paul, you're very kind. I shall um, think on it. There's some way to go until September, so maybe I could find a, a, a weekend to take them. Paul, you're a good man. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> 344 499 is the telephone number for the first time this evening. We have no calls. 25 minutes of the show left. Up yours. Um, isn't this Bill Cosby thing fascinating? Isn't it fascinating? We can kind of talk about it because it's in America. If it was in Britain, we wouldn't be able to talk about it. We can kind of talk about it. And... Um, Here's the the, the the weird thing: is the picture of him, I and mean, he's an old man. But um, one of the Cosby kids is going to court is going into court with him. The middle Cosby kid is there's a picture of the middle Cosby kid, and Bill Cosby. They're not really his kids. I don't know if, if they know that, but she's going into court with him. It's a very, I mean, not really a lot to say, is there? We don't know what's um, what's going to happen and how it's going to go. It's a very strange turn of events, isn't it? Very, very strange turn of events. 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Where's my da- copy of the Daily Star? There's a story in there. There it is. Um, oh, do you know, are we playing Dan Aykroyd tonight? I've forgotten. Should we play Dan Aykroyd? Let's do Dan Aykroyd at the end of the show. Yeah, let's do that. Let's play Dan Aykroyd. Should I say Dan Aykroyd again? Dan Aykroyd. Let's play that. Um, yeah, let's play that. Here we go. Look at this. A brainless biker... Aren't they all? <laughs> oh... oh was nabbed by traffic police after he was spotted taking selfies at almost 120 miles per hour. The reckless rider sped past horrified motorists on the M6, pulling wheelies and whipping out his mobile phone. Here's the thing. I'm not one of these radio hosts oh, cyclists, they should all be shot. I'm not one of those people, right? But, 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 Number of cyclists I've seen with headphones on in Active. I've seen loads of them. What's that all about? how can you do that? You can't ride a bike with headphones. And I know it's boring and you want to hear music, but you can't ride a bike with headphones on, can you? No. I don't think so. I think I personally, I think it's inappropriate. Would you agree with me, Julie?
13: Hello, Ian. Thank you very much um... indeed. I've got a question for you. Yes. And it was about um, you know you're saying about going to the um, hairdressers or barbers and having hair bl- burnt off your ears and things like that. Yes. Yes. Which I've which I've seen done it, and which always alarmed me.
1: The Turks do yeah. it, and those people want to join uh, Europe. No, thank you.
13: <laughs> and I was going to ask you if you've ever had one of the, the the shades, You know where they put the hot towel on your yes. on your face. Yes, I have. What's that like?
1: It's amazing. It really is a, 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 a proper wet shave by a barber. It was a young lady that uh, did it. I had it done twice. And you kind of, the best results, you need about three or four days growth. And you go and it is, you, I, I have, it's it's very relaxed. The first time it was quite tense, because I'm thinking, oh, God's <laughs> sakes, don't kill me. Um, but I have never had such a close shave in my
13: life, see, my father-in-law said that he had one of those shaves on the morning that he got married, and he said he didn't need to shave for two weeks. Yeah,
1: afterwards, it's
13: and incredible. I was, I was doubting that, but
1: honestly, mate, it is. In, it is incredible. It was like it's not like being a baby smooth, but it, I, it was. <laughs> as, it was like being fourteen again. It was honestly. It was wonderful absolutely wonderful and i hate shaving and i've kind of got an all right technique now where i had a shave today for the first time in a couple of weeks and you know it was kind of all right but it's all a bit stubbly now and i can feel it coming but yeah you're right two two or three days of of being completely smooth it oh it's wonderful so relaxing
13: i've got got another question to ask you and that is do you have and you don't have to answer this question, yeah. but um so I took my son to have his haircut. Yeah. And um I took him around to see my parents and my dad said, Oh, I really like that haircut, but you have to tell me how much it is because my absolute utmost is seventeen yeah. pounds.
5: Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
13: What? Have you got a, an app, Have you got an utmost an upper limit of what it will cost you to have your hair done? Because- well, I used to
1: go and see a guy where well, I used to get the wet shave. I used to go and see a guy called Joe. He also did Dermot O'Leary's hair, and that was forty quid. Um, that was in central London. And then I, well, I moved out to Windsor, so I stopped seeing him. And I went to a salon, and it was twenty nine quid. But now I go to this 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 barbers, and there's a chain of them, right? And you, uh, I would go and get my hair and beard done when I had a beard, and it was it was 25 quid for the pair. But he's, they, they had this club, right, where if you pay 200 quid for the year, you can go in as many times as you want in that year and get your hair cut and your beard trimmed, for 200 quid. And did you take... Did you partake of the I did! That? Oh, I did! So that means... It, it, so that means did
13: you, get value, did you get value for money?
1: Yeah, though? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I go in there one, I, I I like to get my hair cut once every four or five weeks. So if I go in there once a month, that works out at what seventeen quid a haircut. But it also means I might I might pop in tomorrow, even though I had it cut two weeks ago, just to get a little trim, a trim for New York.
13: Yeah. Now, do you feel you've not got a beard at the moment? Have no. You? Do you feel pervert. that because you haven't got a beard, you're not getting as much value for money? Yes, as you I do. Done? If I,
1: I might not have signed up if I'd, <laughs> if, I'd, um, if I'd not had a beard at the time. Yeah, I do.
13: Yeah,
1: OK. Julie, I'm going to cut you off. Cheers. There. Um, break.
2: The wild man of late night radio is back.
1: Ian Lee on Talk, talk radio.
2: radio. We have ways of making you talk.
1: Wild man. The 27-year-old antics were caught on camera... And officers managed to pull him off oh near Stafford Services The Yamaha R six biker from Essex was arrested. Um in a string of tweets the Central Motorway Police Group said shocking antics Motorcyclists he's doing a wheelie, let us pop in a wheelie, what an idiot. On the motorway <laughs> Um motorcyclists seen doing wheelies, no hands. <laughs> no hands. It's like, it's like a teenager's um, diary, doing wheelies, no hands, standing up, speeding, even taking a selfie. Unacceptable. Say the old bill, and good for them. Driver stopped and dealt with for multiple offences. All caught and recorded. Um, drivers slammed the thug's kamikaze behaviour, branding the biker quotes an absolute twat. Oliver Manley tweeted, This has got to be the most reckless motorcyclist in Britain. Well, is he or have you been more reckless? Send us your video footage of you being a dick on a motorbike and we'll put it on the Talk Radio Facebook page. And we'll pick a winner at the end of June. Lucy Parker, Nosy Parker I call her, said, Glad he's been caught, because he should not be on the road. Idiot. Oh, um, well. Don't, don't. Seriously, guys. Don't mess around on motorbikes on the road, because it is bang out of order. Oh, I'm tired. Um, oh, it's a story about Hampshire hamster that's boring. I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to all the, I'll be honest, all the stories. Oh, uh, it is a good story, actually. It is a good story. Um, I won't read all of it. Basically, it's um, a picture of uh, the woman on Countdown and someone's got the word vaginas. So, I, I mean, that is the story. It's there. That's, it's there. Uh, I'll, I'll read it out. I'll have one from below, please. Countdown's Rachel Riley, 31, cracks up as she spells out vaginas on TV. Why? It's just Latin for fanny, that's all. Sales worker Ellen Guy from Surrey came up with the rude word vaginas isn't rude to win seven points on the Channel 4 quiz. Singer and Dictionary Corner guest Jimmy Osmond oh ho He'll be your long-haired lover from Liverpool. 54 joked, I think I'll be going. We have saving. Not nearly as interesting. Would you like to make a deposit? Um, on that bombshell. Uh, so, Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd, Dan Ackroyd. The Dan Ackroyd uh, phoned me up the other day. We, we've been for months and months and months, we've had a PR company kind of dangling Ackroyd's carrot in front of us. And we, we, can get, and we didn't think it was going to happen, but fair play to um, uh, the bloke called James who works at the PR company, who sorted it out. And I think I mentioned yesterday, it, 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 Dan was going to phone me on my home phone on Monday morning at 10 o'clock, right? And I got up, and I got up early, and I'm glad I did, because my phone hadn't charged. So it was it was was dead so i I put the phone back in the cradle i got about 30 seconds of charge which was just long enough for them to phone me up and me say quick you have to phone me on my mobile it's this and i and and then the phone died and and i thought did they get it did they get it thank god they got it and about a minute later someone phoned up and said hi i've got dan Aykroyd for you and this dear listener is what happened hey dan can you hear me Yes, all right. Are we going to be on the air? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, rec- I'm recording this, so we're not live now. So you can swear as much as you want, sir.
17: All right. Um, I guess uh, is it is the reception okay?
1: The reception is absolutely perfect. Oh, I have sure. state of the art technology here, Dan. So it's it's Very all good. sounding good. How are you doing, man? You're all
17: right. Yeah, I yeah, I'm enjoying being over here under the circumstances and and really happy to be here at this time.
1: Well, thank you very much, man. It's uh, you know, it, it's it's a very weird time to have any visitors over, of course. Um but it's it's an absolute thrill to have you. Um I was wondering how you I was reading that you were going to be a priest and I kind of wondered how far down that route you went. And um what what changed? What what was the moment where you went actually I'm going to go and do um funny voices and silly characters.
17: Let me tell you, I, I started out as an altar boy, uh, you know, being a good good uh, young Catholic boy at the yeah. time. And then uh, my parents wanted me to go to a, a a Catholic school because they felt there would be a better education in the public school. So they said, we'd, we'd like to go to St. Pius. Minor, Preparatory, Seminary for Boys.
1: Wowzers, that's a title.
17: Yeah, and <laughs> so... I had an interview with Father Lunny. Yeah, and he asked me in front of my parents. My parents were there, and 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 uh, they really wanted me to get in this school. And he said, "So Dan, you're basically contemplating the priesthood <laughs> as a vocation, are you?" And here was my answer: <laughs> I am. <laughs> parents looking at me oh, <laughs> yes 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 so I was there from uh, 9 10 and 11 I had a great education but I, I was not a, a great student but the education was good and then my parents got a letter after my grade 11 after I failed uh, math and yeah. had to go to summer school uh, they got a letter saying that uh, we believe your son is not suitable for the priesthood Oh. and so uh, I was asked to leave <laughs> and uh, but uh, really seriously i never really wanted uh that as a profession i just did it to make my folks happy well, do
1: you do you remember so, which is an, which is what we do when we're younger sometimes do you remember the, the first time you stood in front of people and, and got a laugh and, and and got that that buzz well, from making you know, people when laugh?
17: i was uh, six years old in grade three they put me in front of the entire uh, our lady of the annunciation catholic elementary school and on stage at the church yeah basement and I and uh, they made me sing McNamara's band okay so I sang a solo sang McNamara's band on pitch on key and got a great reaction from the audience and I thought oh well oh, that's maybe something in this you yeah. know yeah and uh yeah you know yeah so uh, that really was the first exposure to the corruption of a of audience approval,
1: <laughs> and um, second city, how did that come about? Because am I right that you are doing Second City, and that's how you you ended up with Saturday Night Live?
17: Well, Second City is improv school, um, and uh, I auditioned for it in Toronto. And um, and and, uh, and and Lauren Michaels, who produces SNL, has always traditionally raided a talent from Second City, gone and recruited from Second City. So he basically re- recruited me out of there. You have to go on to do SNL, but I, I was trained in improv at Second City in Chicago and Toronto.
1: And when in the early days of Saturday Night Live, did you did you know that you were creating something that was was magical and was 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 really special?
17: Well, we knew from the first show the reaction. Uh, yeah, that 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 we were we were on our way to something that uh, that would have uh, uh, an impact in in the way comedy was being redefined and maybe a little more intelligent, less slapstick. And less scatological than uh, although we went that way ourselves, but <laughs> you know we were definitely changing, changing humor, and uh, we, we we knew it, yeah. And uh, yeah, who, we knew it was special.
1: who were your who were your comedy influences? I, I know you have people like Monty Python and, and, and things like that. Guest, guesting on there, yeah. Uh,
17: Phil, Phil Silvers, yeah. I loved him, and I loved Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, and Kate, and um, um, oh, uh, I don't know what was her name. Ah. Um, uh, Oh, I'll think of it anyway. Well, you know, uh, basically, Phil Silver's Lucille yeah. Ball.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wasn't going to mention Ghostbusters, but I had to simply because someone told me that there was going to be a time travel element in it. Um, but that, the, but the studio kind of nixed that. What, what was the time travel thing going to be?
17: Well, no. Well, the first, the first. Uh, well, it wasn't. It was interdimensional travel. Okay. And, uh, it was in the first draft, and you know we you know we all when we took that first draft and then we, when I got to work with Harold and Ivan on it we, we changed a lot of things and it was it, no there was no studio pressure at all okay okay no, no we, we we believe me when we walked into the studio and, and and they bought it they they let us pretty much do it as as we want
1: and i i am really confused right I, i've got two young boys but i've i've got friends that have got young daughters and I'm, i think it's really exciting that they are un- <laughs> that's the name Go Eve on, sir. Eva Arden. Eva, Arden. okay, Eve, right. Thank Eve you. Arden, the, the, the comedian. I could hear your brain clicking. Um, I yeah, think no. it's really exciting that there are loads of films coming out now with, with female kind of heroes, like like um, uh, the new Wonder Woman movie, which is brilliant, and the new Gus- Ghostbusters, um, which, you know, obviously got got the women as the, the main protagonists. Were you surprised? There was a really weird kind of backlash online about having women in the lead role of the Ghostbusters reboot. Were you surprised by that? Um,
17: you, and, and you actually give credence and credibility to people who would take issue with that? No. These are people... Go on. These are people who live in basements. They can barely pay for the Wi-Fi. Uh, that they are using, uh, they are absolute losers, uh, they're misogynists, and they're uh, sexist, and uh, I completely discount them as worthless human beings.
1: Oh, brilliant. Good for you, Dan. I'm I'm, I'm glad that that, that has, has bounced off you, and you've given it the, the, the oh, credibility it deserves.
17: If, if, if I care about anything on the internet, <laughs> they can't, they can't touch me. It's all, you know, people wasting their time tapping, wasting their lives tapping away and and buried in, in, in electronica. Yes, yeah. it's, it's really, really sad.
1: <laughs> Good. So oh, Dan so Aykroyd, funny. I love it. Let me ask you one more question. Then we'll get to the business element. I know, I know why you're here, sir. Um, one of my, 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 one of my favorite films when I was a kid growing up uh, uh, is Spies Like Us, and I love it. Sure. I love it because I love those Bob Hope,
17: Bing Crosby films. Um, exactly. It, it looked like
1: fun to make. Was that was. the case?
17: It really was. It was like making a Bond movie. We shot at Pinewood. We shot in Morocco. We shot in Norway. It was. Really, really, uh, really great. We, we we replicated a Soviet SS twenty rocket for God's sake, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, got my wife in there. She got to kill my three best friends. It was, it was really fun.
1: <laughs> it's such a good film. I remember we, we had it on uh, on uh, Betamax video as a kid, and it just got worn out because we just kept terror That lovely scene where you and Chevy are in the doing the exam, sitting the exam to become uh, to become spies. Well, that, that That's I hilarious.
17: Now, that scene was all too true of me in high school, I'm afraid. Oh, really? <laughs> and college, yes. I have crib notes everywhere. But, uh, but uh, you know, I've had people come up to me, young people in the intelligence service in the United States, no. come up to me, people in their 30s and late 20s, and saying that that, that movie inspired them to apply to go to the CIA, DIA, NSA, and you
1: I do You are know. joking. Really?
17: No, no. Several, several wow. occasions people have said that that... Encourage them to go into the intelligence service. So, wow,
1: (laughs) that is incredible, man.
17: Um, Listen
1: now. Okay, how do you make the move from altar boy to um, movie star to um, vodka pusher? You've got you've got this vodka. What's going on with that, man?
17: Well, you know i I provided uh, I provided fun impressions for people's uh, eyes and ears, and with the music and the uh, the uh, television and. and, and film, and I've I've, uh, I've provided a, a simulation of the human diaphragm with whatever laughter we were able to produce. And now I, I wanted to put something in people's tongues that was of high quality <laughs> and of the same kind of quality of, uh, as my best work in the, in the uh, the film, television, and recording business. Yeah. So I uh, developed this vodka, and I decided to strip all of the traditional additives that are used in lesser uh, products out of the vodka, and we want to. A medal in Moscow at the uh, ProD Expo. Uh, excellent taste at wow. 400 beverages. That's like winning a sushi contest in Japan. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's incredible. And the
17: reason is we we don't have any terpenes, no glycol, no sugar, none of the traditional additives in the lesser expensive products. And so uh, bar chefs love Crystal Head because it's the blank canvas on which to bring, bring uh, cocktails to life. Uh, if you knew you could work without glyceride, without terpenes, lemonine, or sugar, if you were a bartender, you could make the choice to work with a with a pure spirit, and that's what we're supplying with Crystal Head. Pure spirit, blank canvas, uh, the, the the hole in which to you pour your additives.
1: And it comes in a cool bottle as well. That's important.
17: Yeah, well, the bottle says enlightenment in pure spirit and pure drinking. It's a beautiful, clear skull with a with
1: a nice little smile on his face. <laughs> Dan Ackroyd, man, honestly, I love you so much. And 15-year-old uh, 15 15 me is dancing around with joy that you have phoned me at home. Um, uh, listen, I wish you the best of luck and have safe travels, Batman. Thank you so much. Uh, man, thanks a lot. Have a great summer. Thanks, Dan. Take care, man. Bye-bye.
2: Across the UK, online and on DAV. Join the conversation party.
0: Election 2017 on Talk Radio.